Honorable Kavan Chava. That's the 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 the, 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 the colleagues that are, uh, Honorable Boteles. Yes. She's yes, well. I hope you are well, Honorable Boteles, no? Um very bad. I'm, I'm I'm much better, Chair. Thank you so much for your concern. Oh thank oh, you. Okay. <laughs> Initially, when we postponed the meeting uh, to 1930, I, I could see we we're not going to form a quorum at the time. I was still traveling. Uh, Honorable Director was still traveling. And then I, I, I look at the numbers and the others. Honorable Hadewe also was still uh, held up in another meeting. So that's why I said, uh, but I came in at around five past seven, but we had to wait for the others as well. That was going to be unfair. Then I've got the other, and I want to apologize for those who we have inconvenienced uh, with due respect. The apologies that I'm having is from Honorable Mabika, Honorable Dr. Nkosa Zanazuma, due to prior commitments, uh, Deputy Minister Bapela due to other line function, uh, DG, Agent Departmental Operational Commitments, Chamber 4C and other senior officials from the department will participate in the meeting in the DG's absence. Then we have the following colleagues as the the, the delegation of the SALGA, whom we want to welcome is, is Councillor Langadimeni, the president, Councillor Langangeliswe, the deputy president, Councillor DeForce, the deputy president, and then Councillor Stofile, the NEC member responsible for governance. And then we have the CEO in our midst and also the COO, our usual culprit as well in the meeting. Then I should think then colleagues, we need to start, we do form a quorum, uh, but it will be important that uh, we note that today's meeting continues our series of engagements on the 2021-22, annual performance plan of the department and the entities reporting to this committee. You will recall yesterday we dealt with the Municipal Demarcation Board. Under today, under consideration today is the annual performance plans for the South African Local Government Association for the financial year starting 1st April 2021 and ending on 31st March, 2022. Amongst the issues that we have picked up is that the annual performance plan highlights some critical gaps that continue to impede SALGA from maximizing its impact in terms of the support provided to municipalities. For example, Mention is made of the lack of legal provision for the extending section 106 and section 71 reports to SALGA, which deprives 
the organization of critical data that could be used to inform intelligent planning. This is indeed an anomaly, particularly given the gaps we've seen as the committee in relation to the implementation of Section 106 recommendations by municipalities, as well as the use of Section 71 reports as early winning mechanisms. A statutory role for SALGA in this critical accountability mechanism is crucial. As a committee, we support the call for legal provision to extend the Municipal Systems Act, Section 106, and the Municipal Finance Management Act, Section 71, reports to SANGA. Another critical matter highlighted in the annual performance plan is that that is of much interest to the committee relates to the general economic decline in many towns due to deceleration of output in the mining, manufacturing, and agricultural sectors. About two months ago, we started what we intend to be a series of engagement on issues of local economic development and small town regeneration. We began with the discussion on Salga small town regeneration program, including a case study on the organization's small town regeneration project for the Karoo region. We were subsequently invited to attend and make inputs on the Salga's fifth Karoo region small town regeneration conference, which took place a month ago on the 18th and 19th of March. We gratefully accepted this invitation. And once again, I want to thank Salga for the opportunity to make an input in what was a lively and informative event. It is instructive to also note that the annual performance plans reference to the underutilization of infrastructure in mining towns and agricultural or farming communities and how this misses a potential to revenue generations opportunity towards the vibrant local economies. This is a serious, this is a very serious and very urgent matter, which we intend to pursue with all the relevant stakeholders over the committee's remaining term of office. We therefore count on you colleagues from SALGA on your continuous cooperation and wavering support in this regard. The challenges facing local government is enumerated exhaustively in the first part of your presentation are numerous and multifaceted. SALGA cannot then surmount all these challenges alone. We agree that yourself as SALGA, you can adequately respond to the local government problems only through a multi-prolonged response with other stakeholders. We are too early, CEO, to load your presentation here. I still want to see the president making an overview on a lighter note. <laughs> it is also our desire that our input today cont contributes to this multi-prolonged response. Uh, I will therefore want to welcome you 
chairperson in the delegation. And let me hand over to you for you to make that a overview that you have to make prior to you handing over to whoever I see the CEO is already ready to present. Over to you, a president of Salva. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, let me start by greeting yourself and the members of uh, the esteemed portfolio committee, our honorable members present here. And let me also appreciate the leadership of Salga that has accompanied the president, uh, the deputy presidents, but also Chairperson included in the list of our NEC members is Councillor Ola Pakat who is also the executive mayor of our metro in the Buffalo city. Without much ado, you have touched on quite a number of the few issues that we had want to highlight to the committee, but also extending further into some of the outstanding issues that we think are critical with regard particularly to the review of the legislation and some issues which pertains to the MFMA. One, we have touched on it, but the other deals also with the fair allocation of resources, as you may know, particularly to small and uh, rural municipalities. The enhancements, which has already been given from the uh, uh, Fiscal Commission, which was led by the late uh, uh, Dr. Blackis, may his soul rest in peace, we have been able to find a fair footing on how best could we be able to design and fund municipalities appropriately in line with service delivery, but also with regard to councillor uh, remuneration and, and, and councillor support services, which will make our municipalities viable. We also have highlighted issues which you have highlighted on, on section 71, I will not repeat them, but also just to emphasize the point, Chair, that Section 71 also makes it opportune for all of us to work on an early warning system for our municipalities before the systems goes out of hand. But also aligned to the MFMA and the finances of municipalities as issues that have been raised strongly has been issue of the increase of the debt that municipalities, particularly at household level, confirmed by the AG that 70% is already not collectible realistically. And our view as Salga was a fund or a subsidy that must come from provincial and national government to assist with the smart metering as part of our revenue enhancement areas that we have spoken into, but also the revitalization of our economic development centers and economic development units in municipalities to be able to develop the strategies and continue with the work that needs to happen. Chair, let me hasten to say we will try through the mouthpiece of the CEO to run through a 85-page presentation, mindful of the time movement, but we'll also CEO some of these matters, Chair, as you have correctly put it, are not entirely new and we would assume correctly so that the presentation has been read by members 
and the CEO will not necessarily go through them one by one. But of course, as we engage, members are at liberty to deal with issues that have been raised on all the slides to ensure that we have a fair and a rich discussion which will assist us to take our municipalities forward. With that being said, Chair, allow me to hand over now with your permission to the CEO to present on behalf of SALGA uh, to the Portfolio Committee, our annual performance plan. CEO, uh, with the permission of the Chair, you may take over. Thank you very much, Chairperson, and thank you very much, Honorable Members, for the opportunity given to SALGA to engage with you this evening. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. May I proceed? Uh, it was said with my permission. I thought, oh. yes, that's why I kept quiet. <laughs> no, thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson, and good evening to all the members of the Portfolio Committee, the members of the NEC led by the President, as well as representatives of uh, COCTA that are present here. Indeed, it's always a privilege for Salga to share with the committee the work we intend doing on a continuous basis, and in particular for this year, 2021-2022. You would notice in the presentation, Honorable Chair, that this is almost like the last year of our five-year strategy as SALG. Since 2017, after the 2016 local government elections. But there's one thing that is quite uh, peculiar about this year, Honorable Chair and members, is that uh, this year, in about 12 days, we will be celebrating 27 years of our democratic unfolding project as a country. So in about 12 days, our country will be reaching that milestone. And we thought one of the important things uh, to raise, Chairperson, in line with this, um, with this milestone, perhaps to remind all of us what was one of the central issues raised at the adoption of the constitution on the 10th of May, 1996. If you look at the document that was adopted called our constitution, it consists of a preamble. And that preamble reads as follows. We, the people of South Africa, recognize the injustices of our past, honor those who suffered for justice and freedom in our land, respect those who have worked to build and develop our country and believe that South Africa belongs to all who live in it, united in our diversity. We therefore, through our freely elected representatives, adopt this constitution as a supreme law of our country. So it addresses four fundamental issues. The first one, heal the divisions of the past and establish a society based on the democratic values social justice and fundamental human rights. The second one is to lay the foundations for a democratic and open society, 
in which government is based on the will of the people and every citizen is equally protected by the law. The third one, improve the quality of life of all citizens and free the potential of every South African. The fourth one, build a united and democratic South Africa. We are raising these four fundamental points, Chairperson, given the fact that local government has played no lesser role in contributing towards these aspirational statements of our constitution. Most importantly, the third and the fourth one, improving the quality of life of all citizens. So when we look at the context of the Salga APP 2021-2022, we will reflect on the context where we are, given that in 1995, up until to date, local government in its different formations have played a significant role in contributing to some of these foundational commitments in our constitution. And then part two will deal with the annual performance plan in terms of our priorities. The first part, uh, Chairperson and honorable members, is the context of this plan. We will be reflecting as Salga on the 20 years of democratic local government as a continuum from at least 1995 when we first, we had the first uh, transitional cities, towns, TRCs in our country up until year 20, uh, year 2000 rather. And we believe that many of these uh, preamble issues, there has been contribution by local government. And to answer that question, whether there's been any transformational goal, our context, Chairperson, reflect four levers to assess that, that gain. If we say we have made any contribution as a sphere, working collaboratively with other spheres, we will be assessing it around these four areas. Whether local government has improved the delivery of municipal services, whether it is managing budget performance correctly, and whether areas of governance and accountability are executed properly. And the fourth one, whether the areas of accountability result in consequence management. On the first area in the preamble of our constitution, the provision of services to all South Africans, we think we have reason to be proud, Chairperson and Honorable Members. As recent as last week, Stats SA released a report that covers year-on-year -year progress on the contribution of local government to provide these basic services. So when you compare 2018-2019, gradually on all those four components of services, local government continues to provide services on an incremental basis. And today to have a number of communities that still benefit around receiving services for the first time. Yet in the midst of that celebration, Chairperson, there's a stark reality where no less than 1.5 million South Africans, as reported by States SA last week, still have no access to improve water. So 27 years down, our promise of freedom for all, freeing the potential of every South African, addressing the historical injustice of our past, there's a reality that 1.5 million South Africans, in terms of households rather, and if you were to look at the definition of a household on average, we're talking about four people on a household. So potentially, 
you may be talking about 8 million South Africans out of 59 million population who still have not received the benefit of their dignity being restored. And I think as local government, it keeps us awake at night that this milestone continues to evade us given a number of uh, structural challenges we have. And when you look at the display of it, honorable members, is that even in metropolitan municipalities who are sitting with uh, this kind of backlog, but it becomes more worse in the rural municipalities. So this B1, B2, B3, B4 reflect the typology of our category B municipalities. But the B4 are the category normally referred to as municipalities that are completely rural, meaning even the town base is insignificant in terms of scale. So that's where we have about 28% of South Africans still not having any access to that. When you combine all the Bs, you are able to see that we are almost close to 50% chairperson of uh, many communities residing in those municipalities. So it means if there's any fundamental address to be done to tackle this question going forward, the greatest focus of our country must be on those municipalities. The greatest improvement of governance, leadership, and resource allocation should be confined to these municipalities. And their spread goes further. If you look at where the spread of the backlog is, you could see that using the example of Eastern Cape and KZN and Northwest, Eastern Cape still leads ahead in a number of ways where we have about 25% of uh, South Africans still not having access to water in terms of uh, households. And then KZN, as well as a number of municipalities in Northwest, as well as Eastern Cape. So the greater focus of resource allocation as well as monitoring strictly performance of government at that level. We think as SALGA, it has to be around addressing this area. On the area of uh, backlogs, uh, Chairperson, in, in our context, we think that sanitation is mirroring, is mirroring exactly what we raised around water, that the B4s, B3, still reflect that uh, almost 50% of households in the B4 municipalities still have no access to basic and decent sanitation. And this becomes a direct affront to section seven of our constitution in the Bill of Rights, that everyone has a right to access to sanitation, water, a right to restoration of dignity. And I think as local government beyond 27 years, this is one of the areas that continues to elude us if we still have this significant number in our B4 municipalities, the rural towns in our country. Yet in the same picture, Chairperson, as we reflect on the last uh, period of local government in the constitution in terms of 27 years, we still have a number of these on the right side of our slide. The continuation of service provision is commendable. Yet on the one hand, we are also alarmed that states SA says in 2019, there's a declining number of our communities who are no longer in the provision of free basic services. It could be a number of uh, reasons, Chairperson, which we will also study as SALGA in terms of going forward. Because if you look at in 2006, where we started with a number of communities being part of the free basic services, almost close to above 60. And today, 
it's almost less than 20% in many of these uh, components. Is it a sign of many communities getting out of free basket services precisely because they are working? Is it because of poor targeting by us as municipalities? Is it because we are not providing these services at all despite resources? So the jury is out there and we think as Salga, we will undertake an empirical assessment as to why is there a picture declining around this area? Because the, the, the inverse is true. In the reality of COVID, we anticipate that many communities, in fact, should be getting through that because of the structural realities of, uh, of, uh, of uh, 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 coming out of COVID-19 reality. So it is a worrying area, Chairperson, which we think combined efforts by all of us, Cogta, Salga, and many other institutions, there has to be a proper response to this question of communities no longer receiving this service. On the third assessment uh, lever of our performance over the last period, we think that municipalities are still challenged significantly on managing revenue and expense, at least from a level of balance. They are able to bill correctly, but the reality is that collections levels are slightly declining in many of our towns, regions, districts, and metropolitan municipalities. We are, however, uh, uh, drawing confidence that municipalities have managed to adjust downwards the salary and wage expenditure in terms of the directives of treasury norms to be at least 30% and below. Even though some of our municipalities like Amatole and many others, they are finding themselves in areas where they are still having uh, their own ratios not balancing on those areas. On the area of managing our assessment of performance on governance and accountability, using the AG 2018-2019, many of our municipalities, at least from a compliance point of view, they are submitting financial statements on time. At least from a compliance point of view, they are submitting performance reports on time. At least from a compliance point of view, 100% have established impacts. The difficulty though, Chairperson, that we're observing is that these commendable statistics do not translate into tangible oversight at the level of performance. Are municipalities exercising oversight and accountability properly within this report? And the picture is not good at all around that area. We think that we must focus on that area, particularly around area of uh, accountability, where action is being taken when there is wrongdoing. So the figure is significantly low when we have 121 municipalities that are focusing on acting on these areas. And on the one hand, you still have significant number of um, MMs not taking action and or council. So AG reports 60% of action has been taken. And we're worried about the 40% that is not yet undertaken. So a combined effort, Chairperson, given that Salga has got limited influence in terms of taking executive action, we think that a combined effort at the level of portfolio committees in provinces, MECs, and mayors within the municipality will go a long way to tackle this area. So as Salga will be focusing on it. In terms of the continuity of the complexity of challenges, we think that even the new administration on the fifth administration will continue to face what we will share with the committee as ongoing complexity 
and scale of challenges facing municipalities. We locate them into four quadrants, Chairperson. There may be other elements, but we think in the main, these four components constitute the fulcrum of the challenges facing municipalities. And if we were to focus on our efforts to address this, we think we'll go a long way in responding to many of these challenges. In the main, the area of capability, governance, and leadership continues to undermine all the good efforts under fiscal, under service delivery, and spatial transformation. And these are some of the contextual issues we think they need to be addressed. So if we are sitting with South Africans, more than 30 million facing poverty, so how is it possible that at our municipalities, we are seeing a decline on the number of people in the household basket of free basic services? So there's an incongruence in that area. And we will be focusing on that as Salga to find answers around what makes a number of communities to be outside the target of the poverty line, if the picture is like this. The reality of our municipalities must also be taken into account. They are different. And we will also be looking at the structural distress, which is the imbalance between revenue and misalignment between structures at municipalities. On the area of service delivery, in the context of 1.5 million households not having access to what, we are also worried, Chairperson, and we think combined efforts of answers must be found on the area of managing the declining levels of our infrastructure, the water, sanitation, in areas where we're seeing the growing levels of dysfunctionality, coupled with almost 50% of our water service infrastructure facing the challenge of the need for refurbishment and improvement. And some of them are also sitting at levels where we need uh, to be addressed out of high-risk failure. So these are the context issues that we think in our responses, APP, we will be responding on. Maladministration, corruption, and fraud will be an ongoing focus where we think that in the main, we are still not proud of the record of mayors providing less than 25% of oversight, councils themselves providing less than 26%, and MPEX providing less than 27% independent assurance. So if this area were to be addressed in that quadrant, leadership capability, we think we'll be able to go a long way in responding to these areas. Low-hanging fruit that uh, the leadership of Salga feels that perhaps working closely with the portfolio committee at a national level in parliament, as well as legislatures, this area, uh, honorable chairperson and members, is only 2018-2019, as cited by aging. We will be receiving a 2019-2020 soon and later on 2020-2021. So if there's about 40 employees in all these municipalities, they may be in one municipality in KZN 11 or maybe one in 11 municipalities. We will be able to get these statistics directly from States SA. But we, we are not sure what has happened in terms of these employees. Has there been action taken by municipalities? Are there any actions taken on awards made to employees, family members, and false declarations that have happened? And this is an area where Salga does not have executive uh, powers, so to speak, to, to hold municipalities account. But what the National Executive Committee of Salga has done in July, Chairperson, is taking a resolution that says the administration of Salga 
must be able to follow up with every municipalities, address questions to municipal managers and mayors to ask what has been done to take action on these areas. The second area is on consultants, the same picture where we are seeing a number of disclaimers coming out of consultants of uh, municipalities. And you also have um, a challenge of municipalities where despite capacity, theoretically, that there is finance established. If you look at Limpompo in terms of uh, outliers, as well as Northwest, you also have 54% of uh, salaries being paid to municipal officials in the finance department, plus the consultant cost correspondingly around that area. It is one area that is also concerning, and we think that uh, uh, maybe with the council of the uh, portfolio committee, as well as select committee and, 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 and committees in provincial legislatures, this issue has to be attended to because it will continue going forward. And Salga has undertaken to communicate to municipalities asking for action to be taken around these uh, matters. The other area that is also a concern to us as we continue with the APP 2021-2022, we think the lack of address of this uh, albatross in the neck of municipalities will continue to trigger the risk factors that MFMA triggers on municipalities in terms of Section 32. That on the one hand, municipalities are reported to be owing huge amounts of money, 114 billion rand. On the other side of the scale, 230 billion rand is owed to municipalities by citizens. So inability to collect contributes directly to inability to meet day-to-day requirements of uh, bulk services that municipalities use for trading account. So this scale continues to hog municipalities in a significant way. We also see MFMA report issued as recent as uh, two weeks ago, Chairperson, that continues to worry us as Salga that 109 municipalities just in quarter one, quarter two, is continuing to show municipalities that are unable to make any form of payment when it becomes due and payable. You also have municipalities that continue to face challenges to have cash and cash equivalents during the entire financial year. So 188 municipalities out of 257 are reporting negative cash balances in quarter four. So if this picture is already overwhelming to this level, we need to examine factors other than subjective limitation. What are some of the chronic underlying factors that we think will continue to undermine municipalities? So our response will be on some of the ideas we think must be done to address these areas, including the failure to make payments, as well as uh, the inability to make ESCOM and waterboard payments, Chepes. Uh, our characterization responds to two elements that we think continue to weaken municipalities. is the municipal factors, which are clearly stipulated internal weaknesses of governance, but also national provincial factors, which we think if we were to respond on the capacity building interventions coherently as a three spheres, we will go a long way to respond to these areas. And in short, these are the five, four areas that are continuing to be an imbalance in the scale of managing sustainability of municipalities, the balance between spending, as well as revenue on these particular areas. 
the situation is becoming more worse now as we reported in the last engagement with the committee when we presented what is happening on the impact of COVID. We think it has exacerbated the complexity. And our own view as Salga is that in our APP and in other support areas of COCTA and other institutions, Treasury, there are three elements that we think are important. In the first phase between March 29 last year in the declaration of the state of disaster, there's been a focus on the crisis management, the frontline response for water provision and uh, all those areas and the shift of expenditure to many areas to respond to that. But we also see a silver line, the green shoots around the ability to do things differently that we think municipalities should be drawn into that direction going forward to start rethinking fundamentally some of the areas that working on provision of services needs to be done. Because some of these areas continue to impact on us around poverty and so on. And many municipalities are reporting declining levels of revenue. We are also worried, Chepes, in the same context of our APP, that uh, there's a growing level of civil society uh, distress factors that show uh, areas of uh, discord in the system of municipal governance. And we think that going forward, there has to be responses on these areas. In many provinces that we have observed, there's a growing level of uh, uh, civil society movements taking municipality on some of them threatening to form alternative forms of government, some of them correctly take municipalities to court and receive favorable awards back. We think there's a need to examine this reality in a way that must be contextualized such that the stability of government is also managed properly. In the context of the limitations of the political oversight at municipalities and certain areas where there's weaknesses of political management, we think it's one elephant in the room that needs to be confronted. It has appeared in the last term, the fourth administration. It continued uh, unabated even on the second administration, as well as the first administration since year 2000 of the democratic municipality local government. So this issue has to be attended going forward. And what is this issue? It is the functioning of troikas in municipalities. It does come across in various expressions, in terms of political expression, the instability, the trust gap deficit between communities, and also areas where municipalities, when there's removal of councillors, there is instances where the courts are now becoming the final arbiters of relief by councillors when they have been removed uh, unduly in municipal council. So there's a need to focus on this area so that there's a better coherence in terms of political management of municipalities. To show the picture of the collapse of troikas in some municipalities, this is just a sample of the Eastern Cape, of the functionality of oversight structures. You can see in all the sampled municipalities, chairperson or members, nine municipalities that we have sampled, ward committees are all established, MPECs are all established, ethics committees are all established, audit committees are all established. Yet on the one side of the scale, None of these established structures are reflecting the degree of stability and focus we think will be important to communicate the language of accountability and consequence management. So how do you reconcile those two? When structures are all established, but Auditor General on the one hand says 25%, 26% oversight, the performance of holding each other is not happening correctly. The change of troikas we have mentioned earlier on 
you could see in these municipalities, out of uh, 39 municipalities in the Eastern Cape only, almost 23 municipalities in one term, 2016 to 2021, there has been changes in 23 municipalities just on the troika levels only. So to what level are degrees of stability communicated in the same area? What measures can be done to manage the elephant in the room in such a way that it doesn't get visited on the municipal councils at the level of stability? And if changes have to be done, the extent to which they are done in a manner that seeks to reinforce uh, stability in the municipalities. So, so far, it hasn't communicated stability. And we are worried, the Salga, on the stability of governance, at least at the level of troikas, as an example. The second elephant in the room is coalition politics that we think going forward is one area that as we approach October this year for elections, possible or November, we will likely have the same level of coalition governments required to be shaped up or even more. So what needs to be done if we recognize that it's likely to be a permanent feature? This is the development since year 2000 to 2016 that we're sitting with about 27 municipalities under coalition governments. And this picture is continuing right through 2011. It was 37 and 31 in 2006 and 29. So it's likely to even go more or less or the same. Yet we don't have a tool to manage these areas. And we think that if we were to consider the impact of what we've observed so far as Salga and the rest of other uh, focus areas of governance, indeed, it has visited our municipalities at least with a level of instability. And we've seen that in Swane, we've seen that in Johannesburg and Nelson Mandela. We have also seen in Mohale City and Nelson Mandela, just for the same period, that they are on the fourth executive mayors, respectively, in a period of five years. So how do we manage this in a manner that doesn't weaken the impact of governance in municipalities? So our view is that there's a need to at least develop a framework, whether it is regulated or a guiding framework to improve coalitions in local government. We have also reported previously, Chairperson, on the advent of Section 139 of our constitution and how hopefully the the, the new bill before uh, Houses of Parliament, uh, once it is finally passed, will possibly help to manage better the issue of interventions in municipalities. Because in our picture, if this issue is not managed properly, we will continue to have these cyclical challenges that we have seen so far in 2019-2020 alone. 46 municipalities have been subjected in interventions. We have even seen municipalities during COVID-19 being subjected uh, to interventions. Uh, 38 municipalities are also currently under intervention, but the level of monitoring doesn't appear to be consistent. And when there is support, it is not executed in a manner that communicates lack of fragmentation, coherence rather. So there's a need for eliminating the erratic reporting of interventions as we go forward. And these are some of the areas where there's been weaknesses around um, the practice of Section 139, which hopefully the intervention bill will help us. We also feel strongly, Chairperson, that as we go forward, a one-size-fits-all approach to regulating local government has to be adjusted because all municipalities are not the same. They are a different picture, as we have seen with B4s, where there's high levels of uh, 
lack of access to water and sanitation. So we think as, as Salga, all of those contextual issues form part of what we are suggesting will be our priorities in 2021, 2022. And in this presentation, we would outline the shift that we think as we plan for 2022, 2027, we will be focusing on those areas. And one of the areas that we have sobered ourselves up as part of refinement of our work is that from being required to do many things, we choose to do going forward things that will be distinctive and strategic, especially on the areas that we have identified to make sure that there's greater levels of relevance in our work. And these are some of the areas that we think if we work together uh, uh, coherently and cooperatively, there is a need for regulatory response to make sure that the next focus of local government, there is better regulation of local government. The second area is fiscal intervention at local government plus local government better managing its own finances. The need for policy response where there's areas, there's weaknesses, like we talk about coalitions now and management of uh, the political functionary of municipal Detroiters. We think policy response will be important. Areas of support in terms of capacity plus political intervention as a backdrop. We think some of those areas would help us on those areas. We have identified five R's that shape our APP going forward areas where we need to resolve issues immediately in order to bed down the response capability of uh, COVID-19. Up until we're talking about reforms, areas where we need to go beyond the difficulties of the moment and help municipalities to do that. So you would see, Chairperson, as we go forward, that at the core of overall response of our plan, we are calling for cost correction in areas where we have had as a sector and we think that working closely with other spheres, municipalities can be assisted at least to bring about levels of governance stability, but also make sure that sound procurement management systems are managed at municipalities. The issue of the quality of expenditure and accountability is improved, but also improving on professionalizing the administration of municipalities. So we think all of those areas will help us to cost correct where we are not we're not, we're not doing uh, correctly. Four outcomes have been identified by Salga on the four quadrant areas that I've outlined, Chairperson Good Governance, financial sustainability, as well as um, areas of um, special transformation. And all of those gave us 18 priorities that we'll be focusing on for this year that we will be driving as the organization. And in those areas, uh, in terms of each outcome, out of the four outcomes, we have identified what we'll be doing in terms of each of those uh, areas, focusing on areas of climate, climate change, uh, proofing of infrastructure, in terms of uh, contributing towards the, the municipal health service improvement in municipalities, improving on partnerships, but also on the area of special transformation, especially the implementation of the SALGA barometer on special transformation. Within the context of each of those outcomes, we will be executing our mandate around lobbying, advocacy, and representation, and we will be driving specifically these areas where we will be implementing measures to improve municipal health services and also rethinking the, re the rural development strategy of our country, especially looking at the theory of change for rural areas that are currently outside the revenue net of municipalities, at least at the level of roads infrastructure, as well as other areas. Outcome number two, we are focusing on about uh, seven 
focus areas, uh, chairperson and honorable members, where we are looking at improving our work on the capability focus area of SALGA, professionalizing local government, extracting accountability, but also building on our research capability and managing the beginning process at municipalities. And these are the key tasks that I will not read elementary in terms of what we'll be doing. In the main, the pension fund amendments uh, that we would like to see happening, especially officials that have been charged at municipalities. We think that if we can secure these changes, we will be able to withhold funds for people who have been accused of transgression and then they escape out of municipalities. A case in point, yesterday, I read a, a media uh, publication of an official at Nelson Mandela Metro. Uh, that official was charged in 2015 for causing uh, a municipality to lose a lot of money by selling immovable asset uh, far above the value of the asset. So our courts have pronounced on this issue that those funds must be recovered and the officials must be held personally liable on those issues. We think it's groundbreaking in many ways. And uh, if some of these measures were to be effected, we will go a long way in protecting at least municipalities from incidences of um, uh, maladministration. Areas of grading amendments of municipalities, as well as professionalization, we'll be looking at those. The employer body role, we will be looking at strengthening these areas around uh, uh, task job evaluation, as well as focusing on uh, dispute resolution and training of local labor forums. We will also be focusing on areas of uh, institutional arrangements, especially on instruments around uh, HR maturity capability models, where we are looking at organograms, the fit for purpose type of organograms, and how to make sure that uh, we can reinforce remote working arrangements as a new green area that we can pursue. We will also be looking at the area of the district development model, how does SALGA play a supportive role around this work that is led by our department through our minister in terms of uh, the DDM work? What will be our key work to provide support around that area? The same area of knowledge sharing, we will be focusing on these specific areas to make sure that uh, we will play a leading role on the areas of benchmarking studies to look at every facet of our work at municipalities. How do we benchmark? How do we establish standards? How do we make sure municipalities can, uh, can share on these areas and work better? We will also be looking at strategic profiling for this year, 2021-2022, to look at the 20-year uh, period of local government. What has worked? How have municipalities played a role in the fulfillment of the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the preamble of our Constitution, the objects of local government in terms of Section 152, but in an ongoing way, also cast a spotlight on things that are not going right in local government. So I'd ask ourselves, speak about the things that are not happening, not other spheres, not other uh, sections of society, but ourselves as a sphere, what is working, what is not working, and what can be done to improve around those areas. So this is part of our ongoing work on what we'll be doing on profiling the good work for this year going forward to contribute to the improvement on the on the image of local government and as well as reputation. We will be working with many uh, bodies uh, in terms of media space to look at partnership, also working collaboratively with the partnering work on the pay for services campaign that is currently led by our department at COCTA. But this one will be specified about profiling the good work of municipalities.
so to speak. We will also be targeting online media platforms on those areas, but also looking at uh, areas of ensuring that South Africans can see what works at municipalities. On outcome three, Chairperson, this one focuses on municipal finances and fiscal policies at municipalities. We will be looking at areas around four focus areas, areas around non-revenue water, which is currently sitting at 36.6%, mobilizing municipalities to accept as well as uh, take a leading role on the energy transition. We have seen some of our municipalities already in the Western Cape and uh, in other areas of our country where they are already adopting policies around the energy transition and also taking guidance from Salga's 2018 uh, energy summit that outlined a blueprint on how we think local government must embrace the energy transition. Waste management also working with the Department of uh, uh, Environmental Affairs to look at management of waste from source as well as uh, supporting municipalities through MASP, uh, MASP being um, the Municipal Audit Support Program of Salga for those municipalities where Auditor General has indicated disclaimers and inability to submit those areas. So that will be the focus of our, of our outcome tree, including related aspects of what exactly will be doing in the context of our lobby, advocate, as well as represent. These are some of the suggestions we have. We think they will go a long way in protecting revenue of municipalities. A provision around amendment of the Tax Administration Act, amendment of relevant legislation, uh, as well as parliamentary rules, the District Revenue Collection Agency, as well as procurement regulations and vehicle licensing issues. So we're making this suggestion as part of what we think must be done robustly to protect revenue of municipalities. We'll be looking at areas around disclaimers of audit support. We're identifying 60 municipalities that were identified by AG to be having a, a disclaimer and audit opinions that are uh, adverse to provide support of those. On MPEX, we have identified 40 municipalities that we will be focusing on as Salga across the province, including areas of guiding municipalities on investment. On the area of uh, uh, waste management as well as uh, energy, there are specific areas we have taken from the recent regulation of the Ministry of Energy around the embedded energy generation, especially around enabling municipalities at least to procure energy up to a certain level. So these are areas we are working with the energy transition teams at municipalities especially on major cities and towns around this particular area. Specifically on the water challenges that we have raised, specifically on cases where there's wastewater that is not managed, our bulk water infrastructure, we've adopted a four-pronged strategy approach that we think would drive us into a level of innovation to look at municipal water data management intelligence, at the same time looking at collaboration with the Water Research Commission and the Department of Water and Sanitation to look at water technologies to be adopted right across this area. The intention is to reduce the loss of water in terms of uh, 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 non-revenue water. At the same time, return municipalities to the area levels where they have attained blue drop as well as green drop status. So to achieve all of those areas, we think that Salga must be able to be strengthened in an ongoing way to make sure that those three focus areas are achieved. And one of those areas, uh, Chairperson, to make this uh, difference is on the area of um, us rethinking our approach of services as Salga 
and we're embracing the fourth industrial revolution, looking at how best we can digitize Salga environment itself, improve on intelligence, which is data management capability, data mining, data analytics that we can use to make sure that early warning systems at municipalities uh, can be implemented by Salga and we'll be deploying significant resources to invest on improving our own organizational organizational management of this. To do this, these are some of the areas of improvements that we'll be looking on. Continue to maintain our strong reputation as Salga on good governance, and we'll continue to refine our operating model, and we'll also continue to work on areas where we will be correcting some of the areas where our capacity levels are not are not strong, especially on uh, areas of strength that are about data analytics as well as research. And these are some of the modernization issues we will be embracing in terms of improving our capabilities. The areas around uh, digital integration is one of the areas that we are currently scoping as Salga and we'll be working on to improve on this area. <clears throat> in terms of some of the special intervention we'll be looking at in terms of the challenges we have painted, we are saying on the elephant in the room, the proposal that Salga is making, uh, Chairperson, is that in the absence of a framework legislation on coalitions, there will be difficulties going forward. And one of the proposed interventions is that at least there must be a framework that can guide political parties on how to govern in coalitions. And the guidelines could deal with many things. Amongst others, for instance, could be to deal with what we think are the most crucial stages in any coalition governments. The first crucial stage is at the formative stage of a coalition. When the results in a council are declared as, 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 as elected as a council, what happens after a council is declared hung? What happens at that stage? Is there a guiding framework? As it is now, there's currently no guiding framework. Yet on the side of the Structures Act Systems Act, there's a specific provision that says within 14 days, council must be elected. There must be a speaker, there must be a mayor, there must be a full council. So in the presence of a hung council, how do we anticipate that reality? The second part, assuming that a coalition government has indeed been formed, how do we manage the governance of that coalition for the period? So at, at least there's stability, a municipality can continue to provide those. So in the absence of that, there is no mechanism to promote stability, to make sure that in the life cycle of the coalition, at least there's a degree of predictability on what needs to be done and so on. We feel that at this level, we are likely to face a risk if we are unable to at least push for a significant framework to be established leading to November to make sure that in instances where this is happening, we don't have the experience of the 2016 up to now when the coalitions are not uh, functioning properly. So those are the two stages, the formative stage, the assistance on how to govern in a manner that uh, uh, at least gives a degree of stability and, and better way of uh, the political management of whatever outcome has been agreed by political parties. We also think that on the area of uh, uh, the political challenges that we have indicated, these are some of the areas that we are suggesting that uh, legislative proposals must be provided to regulate the removal of councillors and make sure that when there's action to the contrary, at least there must be a, a degree of uh, management on that. The third area is on destruction of service delivery infrastructure. Whenever there's industrial action in municipalities, we've seen many of our municipalities 
facing this particular area. And we think that there must be a mechanism that must be done to limit uh, the degree of influence in municipalities that sometimes come across weakening municipalities. On the area of amalgamated municipalities that we have seen in 2016, hopefully this year there will be no many amalgamated municipalities going forward. But these are areas that even those ones that have been done, there has to be investigation of options to raise revenue levels and particular transfers to municipalities that have got lower level of economic activity because they are still facing those areas, your Bayasnao DM municipalities, your Maluta Apofung, and many other areas that have got complex realities, whether it is governance or chronic underfunding or a product of an amalgamation. Many of them, they have not enjoyed any relative levels of stability. We think that a better tighter management must help these municipalities beyond uh, uh, demarcation instruments uh, because viability and stability are not inherently part of Section 4 of the Demarcation Act. On the areas of Section 139, again, we are saying fast-tracking the processing of the Intergovernmental Monitoring Support and Bill will go a long way to help us address this particular area. The last part in our slides, uh, Chairperson, is, is the 2021 20, uh, uh, recruitment of councillors in terms of uh, deployment to their various councils in the country. We think that in 2016, there is areas where, in terms of the current profile, there has to be some firm guideline that maybe can be used by political parties to make sure that given the complexity of local government sphere, given the scale of responsibility, there has to be a number of key criteria points that will help political parties on their own to choose capable candidates to be able to be brought to local government in a manner that at least is balanced uh, across the board in many areas. This is currently the picture that we have in terms of at least at onboarding stage. Salga ran an induction program as well as portfolio-based program, and it will ask the level of qualifications from councillors. And uh, we currently set at 2016 with almost uh, 69% uh, of councillors either matric or less uh, uh, in the picture. And this is not to say the, the standard measure is above matric, but there's a need to have a multi-pronged strategy that recognizes leadership competencies, political leadership, and maybe a degree of uh, uh, academic uh, qualifications. So that it is a robust instrument that does not alienate and, and result in capable political leaders being uh, not considered uh, on this area. So we are suggesting that there has to be a, a, a proposal. So Salga is doing a, an assessment of um, what needs to be done. And in May at its NMA, it will be making proposals on how the area of uh, recruitment of councillors could be looked at. On, on, on regulatory related compliance, there are these areas and we're suggesting that there must be a, a rethought in terms of uh, ensuring that at least the regular burden in local government is reduced. On strengthening consumer accountability, we think that MPECs going forward with right amendments in the Structures Act or specific measures that can be adopted, be it MFMA or MSA, there has to be measures around strengthening of MPECs so that they enjoy a sufficient degree of protection and independence. They can report directly to council. Uh, and make sure that 
some of these areas must be must be strengthened, uh, so to speak. So these are some of the partners we're working on, working with rather uh, Chairperson, in terms of uh, the kind of work. So that we are multi-pronged. We also recognize that not only Salga can can add value. There's expertise residing outside us on our campaign, whether it's profiling work, whether it's financial work. We'll be working closely with various departments around this work. How will we finance our plan on those four areas of quadrants? These are the areas of our revenue instruments we'll be looking at over the next three years, 2021 to 2024, to look at um, what we currently have as Salga, because we are a levy-dominant funded institution, uh, above 90% of our work. So on the area of work, we rely on levies, and these are the instruments where we will be using the balance between our operating expenditure and balancing our revenue going forward over the next three years. And given the sensitive phase of COVID, we think that we will be maintaining some of these um, revenue instruments and adjust on our own operating expenditure such that efficiencies can continue to be uh, extracted by us to service our our municipalities better. So that's the context of our plan going forward, Chairperson, but a much more elaborate plan will be developed by us as we approach 2022 up to 2027 um, uh, five-year strategic outlook. But those are the areas we feel that uh, if our APP works collaboratively with others, these challenges will continue to hog us as local government and continue to weaken our ability to respond to the promise of our constitution as outlined in the preamble, as well as section 26, 27, and section 7 of the Bill of Rights in the context of the 27 years of our unfolding democracy. Thank you very much, Chepes. If you can remove the presentation, please. Colleagues, the first hand is, can we see colleagues who want to interact with the presentation? I'm seeing my first hand is Honorable Mukalipi. Honorable Tlou. Honorable Teza. Those are the three hands so far. Honorable Mukalipi, over to you. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. Chair, may I also ask not to uh, switch off my video, Chairperson? Are you still in the center? Yes, Chair. Mm -hmm. And there's no electricity here. Okay, so I'm uh, uh, to raise my points that I have jotted during the day when I got a little time to engage with Salka, but nevertheless, Chair, I'm sure my colleagues will also cover some of the questions um, because we work as a team in this uh, committee. Thanks very much for the presentation from the CEO um, and also the opening remarks from the president of Salga. Chairperson, uh, it's it's a, it's a very um, well-informed document. And what I have picked up is that they have presented something that is true reflection of the challenges that the municipalities are facing with. And 
I just want to say to them, if we are going to continue to be honest, to be brutally honest, uh, as Salga, maybe uh, we are going to uh, overcome these challenges. However, Chairperson, the opening remarks or the when the CEO started his presentation, he mentioned that he was celebrating what is Statistics South Africa was uh, saying in terms of celebration on what we have achieved so far. Um, unfortunately, I, I, I can't agree with that celebration, uh, CEO, because after that celebration, you went on on your presentation to to mention the challenges that we are facing, especially on local government. So I don't think that, uh, or maybe you can also uh, tell us how reliable is that uh, information from State South Africa? Is it accurate? Because it's not the true reflection of what is happening on the ground because the next slides indeed, you confirmed here to say that 1.5 million household uh, do not have access to a improve uh, clean water. And Chairperson will agree with me, uh, not long ago, uh, today is what, today is Thursday. I think Tuesday we had an, an interaction with a Tequina municipality and is one of the metros. And the issue of water was also um, a, a, a dominating the engagement with Deben Metro. And it's, it's, it's very discouraging you can expect to some of the municipalities which are not doing good in terms of their revenue collection, but municipalities such as uh, Metro, Eteguni Metro, whereby people are suffering in terms of, of accessing water, is, it's, it's, to me, it's, 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 it's a worrisome situation and it's, it's not a sign, a good sign of progressive progression. Rather, we are regressing. And when I was listening to the HOD, of uh, Etequino water was also very brutal with the truth about the challenges that are facing as a Etequino, the aging of infrastructure as a result is affecting the poorest of the poor. As I'm talking to you, Chairperson, what 43 Elindelani, they are out of water for nine months. Uh, this what 43 is within the city of Etequino. And you can't tell me that um, after 27 years of democracy, uh, the, the 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 municipality is collecting so much money as we speak from the taxpayers, but we still have um, uh, 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 places that are suffering for nine months without water in in Eteguini. So those things of uh, uh, state South Africa, I don't think that uh, CEO can celebrate it because we are still experiencing some problems. Uh, the elephant on the room that you just mentioned, um, I think that some of the things that Salka also must also share with us in this committee, because we are here also to 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 share some ideas, uh, also to share some frustration and to say to share some um, what could be the resolution, because these problems that you are facing as a country, although we do understand that. 100% of these problems that you are encountering as a country is because of politics. But the elephant in the room, if it's not going to be addressed or con confronted, we are going to have these such problems for a longest time. And I do understand, even I do acknowledge one, your, one's, uh, the proposals that you are coming with. But to me, 
it still remains as a political will. And I do want to understand exactly the role of Salga if you come uh, across with such political interference. As a result, on one of your slides, you also mentioned the issue of corruption, fraud, etc., etc. But the moment if we don't act decisively on the issues of corruption, we are not going to resolve some of the challenges that you are mentioning here. So I do want to understand how soon Isalka comes in when you have a, 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 an early warning system that is in place as the president of Salka was also alluding to that fact. Because my my understanding is that, for instance, Chairperson, one of the presentations that uh, you you also you also talk about 100% MPEX committee. And Chairperson will also be, uh, agree with me that uh, on this, today is Thursday, on, I think it was Wednesday. On Tuesday. On, on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Yes. So if, if the COO, we said to him, to him, come, come, Salka, please make us to understand why to have this crisis. A person who's the Chairperson of MPEC who does not even understand her role as an MPEC chairperson. And also in this presentation, you also um, mentioned um, more than once that the MPECs in terms of the presentation, you said it's 100%, but it does not translate uh, to, to, to the fact that those committees such as MPEC are, are, are effective. So therefore, even the chairperson wanted to ask from the CEO the time to say, please come in, tell us the issue of capacity why do you have such a person who does not even understand her role as a chairperson of the MPEC? Because we are talking about huge sum of monies that can go and um, and help our people on the ground. So therefore, I want to get uh, more clarity from you, CEO, and the team to say that how do you come, how quite often do you come to, 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 to play your role as Salka in all these municipalities? Uh, in, in, in on slides uh, on page 13, Chairperson, uh, on accountability, uh, the I, I'm I'm interested on what is said here, uh, Chairperson. I, I want to to check, man. If you are saying, I'm just perusing my my my, my thinking here, Chair. But you 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 speak about that. Um, the MMs in the municipality, they have investigated some of the cases, but you don't tell us in details which are those municipalities. And you mentioned uh, the number of municipalities being out of 257 uh, municipalities. There are investigations that are taking place. And you are not telling us where, because at some point, as the chair was also on her opening remarks, was speaking about section 106, uh, section 106, we know very much, Guti, when we come and do our oversight as this committee, we wanted to know, Guti, in terms of one section 06 investigation, what are the results? Have you implemented what was recommended on section 106? And we know for a fact in some of the municipalities, other MMM are also getting uh, uh, booted out out of that report. So if you are saying the uh, other MMs have... have uh, uh, I'm just perusing here. Okay. MM are reported as taking appropriate actions to address the material irregularities identified, demonstrating behavioral change towards responding in it. So, my point is 
if you can share with us, not even now, but maybe you can share with us as a committee, which are those municipalities? Because according to our understanding, we have a lot of crises in terms of uh, any investigations that have been taking place. Um, so the other point, which is the last point, Chair, I wanted also to, to raise here, the NPA has 86 cases of fraud and corruption in court already involving over 1.3 billion. And SIU is also investigating 66 cases of fraud, corruption, and maladministration. And 34 senior managers suspended for misconduct. If you can also get uh, more details on this one, because I think that way, if we can take that direction as the committee, I mean, I think we can arrive somewhere, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Chair. I will listen to other colleagues. Thank you so much, Honorable Kalipi. Can I hand over to Honorable Flo? Honorable Flo? Okay. Yes, uh, thank you, Chairperson. And let me firstly greet uh, the President of Salga and the CEO. And then we welcome their presentation. And when listening to their pre presentation, where I can say I welcome their proposal that they are going to improve the municipality in the one they were they were running their finance and everything. Because the auditor's general reports of previous financial years indicated weak internal controls and financial management in a number of municipalities. We can make an example with the uh, Eastern Cape. Then what is Salka do, going to do in strengthening outcome through of its uh, annual performance plan, which is the financial sustainability of local government and, uh, and greater fiscal equity. Then also another challenges that uh, I've seen was the issue of uh, what challenges the Salka and its stakeholders identify while in consultation for 2021 and 2022 APP, which was the association and its stakeholder able to solve those challenges or they require long-term solutions. And then uh, the last one was the, the issue of the lack of sound labor relation and professionalization often lead to poor governance and instability in municipalities. What is Salka doing in strengthening governance and building resilient municipality institutions to achieve the country's developmental goals, like maybe strengthening the MPEG committee and all those things? What is it that they're going to do in improving that? I thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Flo. Then I allow Honorable Fraser to be the one asking the questions now. No, thank, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Uh, uh, excuse my video, as I'm experiencing glitches here. Uh, the first thing is that, uh, uh, as my colleague said, uh, uh, the CEO has spoken to the, to the celebrations and things like that, in terms of the 27 years that we've achieved achieved does not really speak directly to the achievements uh, in terms of our experience in the committee 
of some of the issues that they are raising here. Because what is written often on paper is not the, re, reflecting a, a direct reflecting on on what uh, is is the is the uh, truth on on the ground. Now on slide nine, Chaperson, the presentation speaks to four point one household nationally. That have no access to improved uh, sanitation. Uh, it also speaks to 1.6 million of uh, total housing backlog that was reported in B4 municipalities. Now, you have a situation of 27 years vis a vis. The challenges of of housing backlog at 1.6 million uh, of 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 houses that have not been allocated. Uh, may I ask Salga as to what uh, investigative measures have been conducted to protect uh, our people against fraud and corruption? Wherein residents who ha who have registered as far as 1997 have not received their RTP houses. Uh, cases in point, I can name uh, and shame the Emakazeni local municipality in Machado Stop, where they in where in in what six and what five. There is a situation currently of new houses that are built that are being sold to people that are not even residing in that place. Honorable Chesa. Honorable Chesa. Slide. Honorable Chesa. Yes. Yeah, the communication guys are seriously fighting with me. Where you are, you can switch on the, the, the camera. Let me try it. Sir. Let's try it and see what, what comes out of it, please. Let Just try, try that one. Right, uh, if, if it, yes, proceed. It does differently, you would advise me to switch it. And then, Chair. Okay. Uh, uh, it, it, it goes on to say on, on I think it's slide uh, uh, 15, where it speaks about spatial transformation and inclusion. And then it goes on to speak about the depressed, the depressed economic conditions, access to land, bulk services. Uh, it's just a clarity seeking question, Shepherdson. And uh, what, what as to what is the route that that Salga is suggesting that municipality must take to give access to land, especially for vulnerable groups such as uh, women, youth, and gender communities, but Larry in in the rural communities uh, where there are traditional uh, leaders uh, and so forth, where there's, there's there's issues of patriarchy and so forth, and what are the interventions there? Uh, because uh, 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 
while while that 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 the, the, the issue of housing persists there is an issue of of land that 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 often the communities uh, are faced with whenever uh, there is there is there is this backlog and backlog of 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 many 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 challenges pertaining to your your water sanitation houses and so forth uh, the basic service delivery in municipalities once people then 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 occupy the land then then they are they are confronted with violence and and, and things like that whereas we have backlogs like this that indeed it is the municipality that it is the municipalities and government that has to be faced with with violence because they have not heeded uh, to their to their constitutional mandate of delivering houses of dealing with corruption of dealing with with fraud and connected people uh, what is the intervention to reallocate houses to the rightful owners who have either been deliberately jumped in the list for those who are politically connected and moneyed. And what are the time frames in this? Because often when we see this protest, they are around this, these issues. And what interventions are there? And the issue of capacity, uh, 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 is, is, is is well uh, spoken to by Honorable um, Kalipi. I'm not going to uh, repeat that uh, because uh, he, she even made uh, a, the, a, a classical example of what we recently saw there. And then uh, in terms of, I think it's slide 22 where it speaks about municipal debt. Uh, it, there's bulk service, service, service pro, uh, providers there. We see there that ESCOM, how much ESCOM is, is owed, how much uh, water boards and, and, and DWS is owed and municipal creditor and then vis-a-vis -vis, uh, the the consumers and 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 when we when we put those monies together as Salka rightfully said that money of the consumers this site is 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 greater than the money of the bulk service providers and what interventions again uh, uh, has Salka made to, to ensure that these monies that are owed to municipalities, because Chairperson, the people that people that are, are, are not promoting anarchy here in this committee, people that are able to pay for services must do so, you know, to municipalities, so that then we can we can we can then deal with the, with the consumers with the with the consumer debt there, and then that money is greater than the money that 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 is. That, that is spoken to in, in terms of bulk services. What has Salga done? Uh, what intervention has been done to, to, to ensure that this money is paid uh, with, with, with the agency that it deserves there? Uh, because if you calculate the 20.7 billion, 39 billion, 166.5 billion against 13 billion, 34 billion, and 7 billion, surely, Chair you have a greater uh, amount there in terms of the consumer debt. Uh, the other issue, Chair, that that, 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 that remains is, is on slide 16, uh, in terms of poverty, unemployment, uh, due to COVID-19, more than 30 million South Africans, particularly Blacks, 
at 60% are unemployed and are, 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 are in abject poverty. And vis-a-vis uh, -vis your strong metros and secondary uh, uh, cities which have strong revenue, uh, that uh, rural municipalities uh, often do not have capacity to actually uh, attract uh, uh, enough skills uh, to deal with the, with, with such. Uh, what what is it that, in terms of the professionalization and the and the bill and the municipal systems amendment bill that was sitting in front of us here, we were going clause by clause here, Chairperson. How will this impact uh, on on rural municipalities who are incapable of attracting these skills? because uh, poor there's there's a uh, in terms of structural distresses there then you you get poor revenue base in rural municipalities uh, and and underfunding of municipalities in terms of the dora uh, division of revenue such challenges how does salka seek to 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 raise even with uh, with with national treasure as things that should be uh, considered by government, because all of us we reside in municipalities. All of us, including including the president of this country, Cyril uh, Ramaphosa, all of them, they, we 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 reside. We reside. It does not matter who it is. Uh, we res we all reside, uh, regardless of our class, uh, creed, and so forth. We we reside in municipalities. So. How are we going to resolve the issue of funding municipalities adequately uh, uh, in, in, as a sphere of government that 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 necessarily needs uh, some improvement uh, that 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 should be made in terms of uh, in terms of the needed uh, uh, service delivery and 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 capacity that is needed there, and then. Uh, You've got uh, on slide 20, uh, you speak about consultants per province there. Uh, and then uh, you've got free state at uh, zero clean audit, but you've got 47 million there that was spent. And then with three disclaimers, then you go to Northwest with zero, and then you've got nine, uh, uh, disclaimers, but the money is there. Uh, it's 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 being used for for this purpose. So what happens? Do we do we get that money back? Because it has not it has not uh, brought about a value for money. Uh, because even Northwest is under section hundred of the constitution, even even to date. So what do we do there? What is your suggestion? Who is to, to be held liable for this amount? spend on consultants without results and the other issue chair just uh, uh oh it was covered chair uh, by honorable so those are the issues that i think that or oh, the last one on the structural distress uh, as to uh, what 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 then oh no it's fine chair uh, because it has been covered uh, that's fine on on rural uh, uh, on distressed municipalities and underfunding and so forth. Thank you very much, Chef. I think I have to covered. Thanks for the opportunity.
Thank you, Honorable Fesa. Can I request Honorable Director to be the one that follows? Honorable Director. Uh, thank you, Chair. Mine is, uh, let me all, uh, acknowledge the report, the presentation that has been done by uh, Salga. Chair, mine is also, my question, my first question is also emphasized to what uh, Honorable Mukalipi have just uh, asked. Uh, on the report of, on the presentation of Salga on governance and accountability, they have indicated that 100% of uh, MPEC committees have been established. But I'm more concerned about the state of those impacts, as we are aware that most of our municipalities are declining. Uh, most of our municipalities are having high number of unauthorized expenditures, worthless expenditures. So, what is the state of these impacts that have been established? Is it this impact uh, active, or it was just a malicious compliance? And uh, if so. What is the plan of Salga in assisting municipalities in strengthening the impacts so that they can be active and they, we can see the results of impacts? And Chair, most of our municipalities are still under old apartheid uh, special planning, which is also one of the contributing factors that to the declining local economic development. What is it that Salga is doing to assist municipality with a proper special planning and also a special transformation uh, in our municipalities. And uh, the third one, Chair, uh, every time when we look at the presentation of Salga, it brings hope and it brightens uh, one's uh, mood when they present because they have good ideas, good proposals, but unfortunately, most of these proposals are not implemented in the municipalities. So I would like to check on the side of the Salga. What is the challenge behind municipalities not implementing those proposals? Is Salga uh, experiencing challenges with the municipality? And what kind of challenges are they experiencing? Is it lack of political will, will or administrative will? So if it's, it's one of the two, how are they planning to address this matter? And then, uh, uh, Chair, on the key factors affecting sustainability, Salga have mentioned quite a number of, uh, of things, which include your poor revenue collection, governance-related uh, challenges. What is the plan of Salga in assisting municipalities to overcome those um, uh, mentioned uh, key factors affecting sustainability? And Salga also mentioned the issue of uh, one-size-fits-all approach on regulating municipalities. So what could be the possible solution on this matter? Uh, is municipalities, local government over-legislated? If it's over-legislated, how do we make sure that we, we, we take some of the red tapes to ensure a smooth running of the municipality? And how do we categorize our regulations so that they can meet each and every municipality as per their own uh, challenges in, in, in each and every municipality as per also their categories because what it was also indicated is that for an instance you have municipality which is in grade five 
the other one is incorrect one, but the legislation is the same. So what is the proposal of Salga? Are they saying each, each grading of the municipality should have its own legislation, or maybe some of the legislation should apply in this particular municipality and not apply in this other uh, municipalities? Uh, Chair, I think, yeah, uh, yeah, that's all the questions that I have. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Director. Honorable Mpumza. Honorable Mpumza, the 10 is yours now. Thank you, thank you Chairperson. Uh, and uh, good, uh, good evening to the leadership of uh, Salga as well as the honorable members and the representative from COCTA, this meeting. Chair, you, when you were actually opening this meeting, you made remarks related to the, the fact that uh, 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 Salga, Salga, uh, so APPs are reflecting. Uh, uh, that is one on the in the APPs. They have uh, some proposals related to the critical gaps uh, for Salka to provide adequate support. This being that uh, Salka has uh, ability uh, to extend and uh, to access one, the recommendations of the 106 investigation arising from uh, uh, provided for in the Municipal Systems Act, as well as the Section 71 reports of the Municipal Finance Management Act. And this, therefore, you particularly indicated that this robs Salga of actually making a mark on intelligent planning. My question, Chair, would be on the one, the particularly on the governance and accountability um, slide, which uh, indicates that uh, almost uh, uh, 200 uh, 2,200 uh, officials in the municipal space have been either dismissed because of misconduct. And uh, my question therefore would be uh, that dismissed of maladministration, uh, is it uh, arising out of uh, or this maladministration underpinned by being uh, incompetent, or does it arise from uh, unethical conduct by these employees? And uh, what lessons then Salga is drawing uh, from these factors in going forward to improve uh, that is uh, administration? Uh, at the local government level, but ensuring that 
we actually ensure that we recruit and employ competent and uh, skilled ethical uh, officials who will bring in integrity into the institutions. Honorable Pumza. Honorable Pumza. Yes, sir. We can't see you. We're all seeing the yes, walls. Sir. You are Can seeing you the walls. Still? You Only don't the see walls me now. And your head upside down. Are you using a, a phone? <laughs> yes, sir. Let's see you. Do you see me now? Do you see me now? Yeah, video is off now. Aibu. Let me try to put. Maybe if the phone against something, puts it against something. No. So that That's the point. Yes. Can you teach him the trick, Honorable Keza? Just <laughs> <laughs> put the phone, Honorable something. Put a glass there and then you put the phone so that it can be. You see me now? No, you see me now, And the Honorable Keza? Yeah, thanks, sir. Then you move to your right hand side. Hello? As you do that, move to your right hand side. Oh, closer to the light. Yes, but you are gone now. Am I gone? I'm there, Chair. That's better. If you stay still there, uh, you have moved. Can you see me now? Yeah, and stay put there. Stay Ah. put there. Don't move. Don't move the gadget. No, I won't move, Chair. I will stay put. Yeah. I, I was still saying then, Chair, that uh, the the again on this on again then it reflects that on on the slide on service delivery. Uh, the report indicates that uh, almost twenty-seven point five percent of a backlog in the rural municipalities around the access to water improved water is a, is a critical challenge. And this relates to almost 1.5 million households without improved access, without access to improved water. Does this situation or this backlog, had, does it have any bearing on the fiscal allocation uh, or on the share from the national fiscals uh, being a, a factor that is impacting on the fact that uh, we are not moving with speed to ensure that as municipalities, communities do access uh, improved water and sanitation. To what extent then does the allocation from national fixers to local government impact on this situation that is obtaining as this report now is that uh, in the report again 
still on this uh, governance and uh, and accountability. We are informed that uh, municipal managers are indeed uh, reported to be taking appropriate action uh, to deal with uh, matters arising from irregularities reported by the Auditor General. At the same time, the report indicates that uh, almost only 121 municipalities have initiated investigations. And then, therefore, this does not tally because uh, out of 257 municipalities, only 121 municipalities have initiated investigations. What of the other 135 municipalities? Uh, because all municipalities, uh, they had irregular expenditure as per the general report, uh, irregular expenditure, wasteful and fruitless expenditure. What has happened to these other municipalities? On the same number where municipal managers are reported to be taking appropriate action check, we are not given the specific number as to how many of these municipal managers in these municipalities are taking this appropriate action as against the 257 uh, municipal managers in South Africa. Can therefore be, we be told as to what, what, how many of these municipal managers are actually taking action on irregular expenditure. Uh, may I, on that particular stage, Chair, uh, at the moment, uh, pause, I will come back again. Thanks, Chair. Thank you. I think I've recognized all the heads that we have. Mine, I'll start with the consolidated MFMA general report, 2018-19. And uh, you know, Salga, we've been dealing with those municipalities, some of them that have been fingered by the AG in that regard. But the issue that is critical for me apart from the financial health, as the AG has reported, is the issue around infrastructure itself. Infrastructure is all about service delivery. We'll recall that the general report says that 27% of the municipalities didn't develop or approve the road maintenance plan, whereas 16% did not determine backlog in renewal of routine maintenance. I'm talking about service delivery now that we are at the end of the term of this concern. The same thing on the water infrastructure. You'll hear that the AG raised the issue of uh, 41% of municipality having no policy or approved policies on water maintenance. Also, 36% uh, didn't have a standard procedure for assessment of water infrastructure. In particular, the water losses 
were at 36% of the municipalities, including the world. Yes, that's the issue here. And including your sanitation issues. Then, Salga, you are organized local government. And then majority of these municipalities that we found wanting are your members. We know they pay the leave to make you sustainable. But then looking at the basic principle and the founding principle of this organization, seemingly uh, there is no best, best practices that are shared here. I'm just provoking all of you that you are here now. And then if even if a municipality is performing worse, there seem to be no recourse. Uh, the issue that I'm raising, you'll know that other bodies, if they join associations, there are matters that are of common interest. Normally you want to share best practices. It seems as if here in Salga, these things doesn't happen. And there are those municipalities that are known as serial offenders. They kept on doing something different. You know, mostly when you read this AG's report, there's complete disregard of laws and regulations. The Salga actually has a mechanism to hold these fellow members accountable. Because for others that are members of this institution, there's a mechanism, a code of conduct in particular, that, that will make your members uh, accountable. Is it because SALGA depends on the levies paid by these municipalities? No matter how wrong things go, it's okay. Life goes on. Because I want a situation where in as the leadership of Sangha, apart from supporting them, then you call them to say, this some of the things that you are doing, I think they are completely out of line. We are not proud of you being a member. No matter how much money you bring to the organization, I think we think we cannot accept your membership. I'm trying to provoke you a president and the fellow colleagues to that effect because you know most of the municipalities that were interacted with them, they are your members. What you'll come to us as and when we're doing that, you will only telling us the support, the problem that you've encountered, but there's no mechanism wherein maybe you call these members to say, don't you think you are embarrassing us? On that note, you have indicated that in the past, as and when, since we've been interacting with you, that you are intending to embark on a process to review the Organized Local Government Act of 1997, which is the organization's founding legislation. What is the latest update on this? And does these APPs that we're dealing with today accommodate? this review well, because i've gone through it i couldn't find see it unless 
if I missed it. The other issue that one want to raise with you, because you know the DCOG is talking about a DDM, District Development Model. And your APP also indicates that you are a partner in the conceptualization of and delivery of the district development model. And you will continue playing a significant role in coordinating, monitoring, and evaluating processes to ensure that the program is a success. Our interest as a committee is whether now yourself is Salga, you can highlight the key example of your role in this regard. The clarity that we also want to hear from you is this with regard to the percentage of municipalities that are unable to meet their obligations to contribute a membership fees to yourselves. We want to understand the percentage, how many and how much does this translate to in terms of the financial loss to yourselves in the current financial year. Can you also, as the organization, highlight the progress made so far in terms of advocating for a role for SALGA in relation to the Municipal Systems Act Section 106, including the Municipal Finance Management Act Section 71 reports. The last thing that one needs clarity on, what mechanism do you propose to address the underutilization of infrastructure in mining towns and agricultural, including farming communities. As your annual performance plan suggests that this will be a potential revenue generation opportunity towards vibrant local economics if adequately applied. So we'd like to know what mechanisms are you proposing to that effect? We can then hand over to you, Chairperson and the team. Back to you, Chair, President, sorry, President and the team. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Chairperson, and thank you very much, Honorable Members, for your questions. I think we will share. Um, uh, together, all of us. I will, I will nonetheless start, possibly just do some few, and uh, we've been talking on the side, trying to allocate one another on who, and uh, the CEO and the COO may do quite a bit with regard to um, questions which have been raised. I think, Honorable Mkalipi, the reliability of States SA, I mean, it's a government uh, NTT1, this is what informs the allocation of funds, even to national treasure, on how far we have we done as a government in terms of 
provision of basic services. And the indication in terms of the shortages or the gaps indicates the growth. And if you look into them, thoroughly into the report, they are indicating two factors in the main. In terms of, uh, for example, the 1.6 million people who do not have access either to housing, water, and, and the growth in percentages with 4.6, which was only the growth minimal with regard to electricity. All of the growth in terms of the year under review were beyond or above 5%. They relate to migration, areas where people move with the hope that there will be better opportunities in areas where they are going to and increase the numbers in the areas where they've moved to in terms of calculation and widen the gap of access. But if we are talking about the shortage of one million, when you are having an overall statistical count of South Africa, which is over 55 million, it means we need to be able to recognize that the growth is going up, becoming incremental, not that 1.0 million odds of people who are recorded by States SA are not important. But I think it will also be disingenuous as Salga and as government for all of us to say there has not been improvement. Possibly what we may not say is that uh, uh, it's enough. It, we, we all need to collectively say we need to exercise more promptness in terms of delivery of services that we give to our people. There is a widening gap, for example, the, the example of uh, uh, metros. You, you made an example of Etegwini with regard to difficulties that they are having with regard to what. But if you also check their number in terms of migration and people who move in towards those areas, it may not necessarily be the area itself which has got challenges. But you will see the increase of people that were servicing with water in the previous year or the previous two years and the current year that is being assessed. I like the question Honorable Kalipi have raised about uh, 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 politics, elephant in the room. We even took a step as circle to invite political parties to begin to shape a debate on what we need to do. And to be honest with you, most of the political parties didn't attend. And the role we could only play is to invite, conscientize, lobby for the sphere, encourage for a different system. We, we receive councillor direct or councillors. In fact, if you recall our third quarter or fourth quarter report, when we're talking and giving you numbers of all MPEGs, and their levels in terms of where we got them in terms of capacity. And we, re, we, we were able to say, fourth year, gone. We are not happy ourselves with the capacity of councillors. Who, by the way, if you check their attendance registers to those courses, is in most instances 100%. So what more could we do more than advocating, preparing for that capacity building, ensure that it happens? But there is a great deal of what we need to face and we've raised with parties that the caliber of our councillors also needs to be looked into 
in terms of requirements, in terms of, if you remember our first uh, presentation to the committee itself uh, in Cape Town, one beautiful town, I've forgotten its name. Where we even, the slide actually it's there, I may not be sure what page is it, where the CO was indicating and showing the number in terms of the breakdown of requirements of councillors that we have, of, 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 of qualifications of councillors that we have. The role of SAGA, as I have defined it, is very clear. And by the way, it's constitutional. But at a particular stage, I think we may have to sit down and look at the role that COCTA plays by legislation and what SAGA is supposed to play by legislation. And you will realize that incrementally, including what the committee is asking today, why being swiftly moved into our constitutional mandate to actually dealing with the mandate of what the department through its provinces is supposed to do with the national department. And maybe not incorrectly spoke. Chairperson, we are looking into peer review mechanisms, for example, ourselves. The CEO, when he presents, made an, an example that the NEC took a decision when we were informed about the number of officials who didn't declare or made a, a wrong declarations, et cetera, with regards to awarding of contracts. All those mayors were written letters, even a due date. Possibly we may have to go back and see how often did they, uh, how did they respond with regard to the NEC taking a decision that they need to enforce what the Auditor General has found and take consequences. Are we legislated to do that? No. Are we looking to review to assist such a situation? Yes. So it, it, it boxed down into what are we supposed to really uh, be assisting our municipalities and deal with those issues. And, and, and that takes into accountability. Maybe uh, Lance can share with you, Chair, a framework, a consequence management framework, which has been drafted by Salga, submitted to COCTA for discussion and adoption. We pushed strongly, for example, and COCTA is implementing that, where we never had a list. I think it started a year or so ago. When you transgress from one municipality to the next, contrary to a personal system where my ID will be blocked, if I transgress in Western Cape, I can't be employed in Guazulu Natal, in any government department, because I am blocked. But in local government, you can move from one municipality to the other. The last time in one minute, when a presentation was done by the department, there were over 200 names in such a list. But also, secondly, there were over 1,880 cases, if I remember the figure very well, from a presentation from the department with regard to cases that have been positively dealt with, cases held, and, and sanctions uh, uh, given appropriately with regard to pushing up accountability and consequence management. But we're sitting with what we could assist in terms of the expertise that we've developed in developing that consequence management framework. I think the specifics, Chair, I noted them with regard to which municipalities submit them would want to take a, a follow-up as well. And I, and I accept that uh, the committee may also be very much uh, helpful.
Honorable Kaiser, there is the instances of spatial development besides what the chair spoke about in his in her opening remarks with regard to small town regeneration, for example. Uh, we have adopted two municipalities as Salga, whom are assisting in a form of a pilot, and the CFO and I mean the CEO and CEO can submit the, our special development framework, which we have given to municipalities to be able to begin to guide. But Bushpark Ridge, as you may know, it those who have who are familiar with it, it's an area with a lot of economic potential, but its planning, its design, it's bad. And they need assistance. And at our expense, we are doing that. Toyando, uh, Tulamela municipality. The pace is a bit slower than uh, uh, um, a pushback reach, but that's the contribution of what we could make. And I think the elaboration could also be made with regard to other areas. Let me conclude maybe by, by just taking and touching on the issue that uh, councillor Direko, once a councillor, I'm told. But Honorable Direko raised, besides the issue of uh, spatial and the impact issues, she raised an issue of good proposals that we have. I think we need to go back not only to our NCOP uh, local government weeks, but also even into bodies where we sit, for example, our budget forums, where we assist National Treasury and Salga, mm -hmm. and trace our inputs, Honorable Tireko, from as early as 2002. You know, mm -hmm. for the DDM to be adopted, Salga had started in 2008 to say the fundamentals of how local government needs to be restructured, according to the white paper, points to the 44 districts which have got more strength to mobilize capacity, assist its locals, and enhance development and social uh, delivery. It took 2008 to 2018, when the, the decision and advice of Salga was taken. That's the rate in which we are operating. Chairperson Mutambi, you will recall, in your times, this was a model that was being used. And National Treasury arbitrarily moved away from the district development model without consultation properly, diverted funds directly into local municipalities to an extent in some other areas not allowing those districts to finish projects that they've started. Some are still white elephants even now and incomplete even now when those powers were moved away. So we have a weakness as government of toing and froing in our policy formulations. In the 20 years that we're talking about, we have, we have at least nine months on average to 18 of a police, Sienza Manje, back to basic, Maningi, where we started, consolidate and, and all that, up until back to DDM today. So such movement 
also hampers the growth and the development of local government. I think let me leave the issues of infrastructure, section 106, the COO to elaborate on them because I also touched on them on the opening, but maybe give more details together with the team that I'm with, with regard to what we've done, for example, on, on consultants and audit with regard to what the CEO has mentioned on our uh, municipal uh, audit uh, support program, must be in short, where we adopt municipalities in the system. Thank you, Chair. Thank you so much, President. Uh, Can I allow the CEO as directed to respond to the questions as raised by members? Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. I, I wanted to check maybe after the president has responded, if maybe there are no NEC members um, to respond to some of the issues, and then we can come maybe as officials to reinforce the components that are technically related. If if not, then I will proceed if, if there's no NEC member I, to reinforce. I, I thought by now they will have raised their hand in the pl your platform. It's only now Councillor Stofila is raising. And when I called you, I lived at the platform first. I can only recognize the end of Councillor Stofila on the platform. Councillor Stofila? Thank you very, thank you very much, uh, Chair, and uh, greetings to the uh, to you uh, and the President of the Association. <clears throat> and uh, let me thank the opportunity given. Let me start probably on the DTM, and I like the approach President uh, introduced and landed the the the, the, the issue um, that um, it is. It has been a system that has been used and uh, over a period of time just uh, changed and no longer used. And go back to it now with the belief that it might be a panacea, uh, forgetting the, the, the weaknesses and the challenges that made uh, a particular department to change it uh, to be something that is, is not working. And uh, the likelihood is that if there is no effort, energy, consolidated uh, strength, uh, forecasting to it, the likelihood is going to go back to the scenario in which the president referred to uh, not working. Um, the issue that I'm, I'm, I'm raising on the DTM really chair is that continuous launching it is not going to help. It, it requires some injection for it to be able to move uh, and so that it can be able to deliver on the, on the expected goals that it has been set for. Uh, otherwise, if, if it's going to be like as it is now, uh, the rate of the matter it will be just a, a theoretical matter living in the books uh, without seeing the light of the day. Uh, so it is important for us uh, to, look, to look at that. <clears throat> the second issue that I need just to make emphasis on the president's uh, response on the, uh, on the, unfortunately, I'm talking to uh, Councillor, uh, I mean, Honorable Direko knows this. The establishment of MPEC, uh, the assumption thereof is to strengthen the, the, the accountability, the oversight, uh, and making sure that you, 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 
you create a better, different municipal system than it was uh, at the audit period. But if you look into the uh, suggestion and, uh, that Salka is making, is, is saying it is important for us to strengthen it because in the current moment is that it will continue to be weak. You can establish thousands of them. They will continue to be weak if we don't deal with the elephant in the room. I think uh, uh, the CEO made this presentation of elephant in the room uh, as highlighted there. Part of the element in the room is, 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 a, is a model and the way in which MPEX operate uh, so that it can provide that oversight role. It's, it's one matter that we need to look at uh, in terms of making an effective uh, institution that has teeth to bite uh, when wrong things uh, begin to, to, to rear its, its, its ugly head. So it's, it's, it's one important issue that it, it, it must be it, it must be looked at. I think I think Salka it will continue to have these good ideas. So as one of the ideas that Salka has was that part of contributing in the better municipal system, a better oversight, time acting, and providing answers and solutions or guiding municipalities at, at all time. At one point, there was a discussion that it is important that uh, the, to have acceptance of some uh, SALGA members of the NEC to be full-time so that they are able to deal and confront with these issues um, from time to time as they come um, uh, to surface. So it, it's important for us every time to, to always uh, 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 remember these things as, as, as they unfold because uh, they bring some uh, challenges uh, into, 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 into the local government system. So it's important for us to put them. I think the politics, I think, uh, uh, let me join the president. I think uh, uh, Honorable Mkalipi is correct to, to, because we mustn't um, hide away from politics. The rest of the matter is that uh, during the difficult time of our struggle in South Africa, um, it was South Africans who stood up and, and called for a single type of a municipal system, a single tax base, uh, that it will then generally generate the benefit for everyone, irrespective of the corner of an individual where he is located. And that went far, and today we are talking about wall-to-wall type of municipality, and therefore we have achieved that tax base. And if, if we don't move from that frame of understanding uh, of this TICDES transformative um, agenda and program that people of South Africa have been engaged on, we'll, we'll miss the, the, the issue. And, and therefore, State South Africa play an, a pivotal role so that it gives planning an effect in terms of what resources should be delegated or dedicated to and, and who should then be pulled uh, in, in the mainstream. And that is why in the presentation that the CEO made uh, coming from, from Salga says, if you see in the B4, you see majority of the individuals in the B4, in our own lingo and, 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 and terminology uh, we use in the IGR uh, forum, is that in South Africa, you've got three rural metros, but the metros, in the terms and and communication that we are, we, are, we are doing. 
but they are rural in number of characteristics that reflect them as rural, including the allocation of resources to them. They are allocated resources on the base of the status, being that are rural, and therefore expect miracles out of them to, 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 to change. I think what we have done, which uh, as Salga we have been doing this um, consistently, is that over the last five years, we have been asking different political parties because it's political parties that elect councillors. It's not association, it's not Salka. Salka received Stofile as a councillor. And then Salka developed its program, induct Stofile of what is expected out of him. But there's one thing that I always know is that what you are taught at school, if what you are taught at school, it doesn't link properly from your basic education at home, the reality of the matter, you might not expect miracles out of Stofile because you have no basic education at home. And that is why then Salka at the time, uh, until in the recent past, has been engaging or attempting to engage political parties that elect councillors into council. When they are in council, then they become councillors and Salga take a responsibility. But where they come from, there are many things that need to be corrected. That as they behave as councillor there, they exposed in an environment in which it needs a different mindset, thinking in terms of how to take forward the struggles and change in the conditions that communities are facing. That is a political discussion that we have been uh, requesting different political parties. Can't we have this political discussion so that we can be able to tell your political party that these are the weaknesses of Stofile, being you give Stofile to us as a councillor, but Stofile is not doing what he's supposed to do. This is what he's doing, APCT, so that the political party helps the association with build Stofile to be a person that is going to deliver service that is required for, to, to our people. I think to me, it's one important matter that we must take home, uh, that it is important that as we do these matters in parliament, and most of the time I always say, what is reflected as governance is a governance at the process of rendering service, but they are underpinned by politics. The elephant that you are seeing there at an appropriate time will be able to tell you this elephant, this is how it, 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 it reflects on our political system in the governance system where we operate. And that is the issue that we have been asking different political parties to engage about. So it is important for us always to take that into, into account. And that is why we are saying as an attempt of contributing into this space, we are going to 2021 local government elections, whatever month it might be. We are then suggesting at least these parameters to be considered. Remember, we are at least suggesting because we are not appointing councillors. We are not voting for councillors. Councillors are as a result and the product of political work done by political parties. And therefore, if political parties do buy and accept what we are proposing, then those good ideas will be factored into political parties. But if the political parties feel that we are just saying whatever that we are saying and they don't want to listen, I mean, there's nothing that we can do.
Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you. Councillor Scofield. Councillor Gangelis. Over to you. Um, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson and members of the committee. Chair, I think the presentation of the president of Salga uh, covered almost uh, 99% of our inputs. But Chair, I wanted just to, it's not for the first time that we uh, talk to your committee. And uh, I should think, Chair, uh, our presentation is very clear. And uh, even the quality of questions that you get from the members is a clear indication of um, they also understand our frustrations. But we have to ask us questions. Chair, let me just um, go to um, two areas that I should think uh, maybe instead of um, <clears throat> uh, taking other sort of areas. Um, we are celebrating 20 years of um, local government from 2000. Uh, Chair, we, we've got reasons. I should think the CEO uh, gave us statistics in terms of uh, a service delivery. Uh, but Chair, we, I wanted just to um, submit the proposal to the committee instead of um, uh, creating a dialogue. We, we have suggested to um, a COCTAR and uh, Presidential uh, Coordinating Council and Mahutas that we have to change the um, funding formula of municipalities. That is why in your rural and uh, small municipalities, you see that a uh, big gap. Uh, at one stage, I've looked at one of the programs of SABC, uh, narrating the um, level of services that we're providing in our rural areas. I should think it was in the Eastern Cape, the far east of the Eastern Cape, where people are actually carrying um, uh, uh, coffins. Uh, they cannot reach their uh, villages from the Tard Road. And then they use hands in terms of carrying um, some goods to their uh, villages. Chair, I want to lobby the uh, committee to assist Salga that instead of uh, us complaining, we are a government of the day. We, we must actually change that for me. Make chair, we can actually sort of um, take uh, 10 or 20 years uh, allocating um, a grant that can deal with the infrastructure development in our small municipalities and rural municipalities. Because on their own, they don't have enough um, 
the funds to develop the infrastructure. It means the provincial government, national government and district municipalities, we must actually start a, a program or utilizing our constitution, which is section 154 of the constitution. Yes, of course, we link that program with the DTM. We develop the infrastructure in our small municipalities and rural municipalities. Chair, it's not for the first time. In my, in my province where I'm residing, which is Free State, uh, I've got a district called uh, Tarib District Municipality. Uh, in that space, in terms of the land, the big uh, area, but very poor, very poor. Uh, when you get there, collecting the revenue of the municipality, instead of collecting the monies of the municipality, instead, if you've got 10 rand in your pocket, you have to leave that 10 rand in that house before you go out. Those are the realities that we have on the ground. So maybe instead of uh, us, Chair, because we are actually giving you our APPs, but uh, maybe we can suggest, I mean, may, let me suggest, Chair, that we actually sort of uh, putting these APPs for your consideration. And then we make sure that our local municipalities, more especially the rural municipalities and small municipalities, because we don't have a tax base in those areas at all. So we must push the National Treasury and Cocta to uh, change the formula for us to provide services in those areas. And then the last thing that, uh, that was raised by uh, Honorable Direco in terms of our impact. Chair, uh, we, we have tried to train the, these Section 79 committees. But the, the challenge of the, uh, these processes, uh, Chairperson, is that the MPEG, in January, we table our adjustment budget, we table our annual uh, report, and we take that annual report to the same Section 79 committee and our quarterly reports for them to investigate uh, the gaps in our performance as municipalities. But they are not actually sort of uh, sitting in committees. They are actually sort of correcting the wrongs that are committed by the executive. But I don't want to dispute the fact that in other areas, our MPEGs are not effective, but not all of them. Some of them, they are doing their work. Yes, of course, some of them, they are weak. But as Salga, we have started a process of a training a councillors. I should think uh, our president tried to cover those areas. But because uh, some of our uh, committees, uh, we, we've got people, uh, sometimes even if you can train them, it's not easy to uh, 
a grasp. Uh, but we've got a committee which is actually sort of uh, monitoring the performance of the MPEG committees. Those uh, Section 7979 committees, every year we start to put a program to make sure that we put capacity in that space to assist them to do oversight in our municipalities. As, as I've indicated, Chair, there are a number of issues that we have raised. I should think uh, Section 71, um, sec Section 106 of the Municipal Systems Act. I should think uh, uh, the CEO maybe can assist there, but we have requested a, a provincial uh, leadership, the MECs, that um, they must actually put teams because municipalities, they submit reports almost every month, but especially section 71 reports. But there is no team which is actually assessing these reports and lift early warnings to the municipalities to say, um, in the next six months, you might not have money in your bank account. Uh, you will only get results when the municipalities, they are unable to pay uh, salaries of the employees. Then you start to see MECs um, uh, uh, getting to that space. We have tried to caution them that uh, they must actually read and analyze these reports. More special section 71 report. Because section 71 report, it is actually giving this, uh, the financial uh, position of a municipality. So it's easy for the provincial treasurer and cocktail to uh, assist municipalities before they get to a point of failing to provide services in their space. We have also sort of cautioned the MECs in different provinces in terms of this section 106, because I've, I've realized that uh, section 106, in most cases, uh, the reports, um, the findings of uh, um, that uh, 106 are not actually getting to councils because the MEC, she or he is required, after consolidating a report, he must go back to the council and give the report to the council and also give some recommendations in terms of uh, resolving challenges of that municipality. And the same report can be used in terms of um, uh, visiting uh, section 139 of the constitution. But instead, uh, these, in most cases, these reports are not actually sort of uh, uh, receiving attention of the council uh, because uh, in most cases, we put section 106 in these municipalities and then the findings are not actually sort of uh, disclosed to the same municipalities. But anyway, uh, we, have, we have cautioned the MECs that they must actually try to comply to assist our municipalities. Chair, I should think our president also gave us information that uh, 
listen, as, as, as Salga, what we are doing, we guide municipalities and represent them where we have to represent them. But COCTA is actually a, a very important uh, 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 department in terms of making sure that they enforce compliance in municipalities. Ours, we are actually developing policies in terms of assisting them to guide them to perform well and comply with the pieces of legislation. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Councillor Gangelis. Can I hand over to the CEO now? CEO? Thank you very much, uh, Chips. And I saw that uh, on the list from Salga, there's Councillor Koyo's hand up. I'm not sure whether it's still up or it's... Uh, it's off at this point, then I can proceed. Chair, Honorable, my hand is up. I'm very sorry, my hand is up. Google CEO is correct. Can you hear him, colleagues? Yes, Chair, very briefly. Mm. You can proceed, Councillor. Can I get in, Chair? But we need to see you as well. Thank you very much, Chair. Chair, I am in an area called Kamama Forest. Kamama Forest. So... So it might happen that it is a problem of uh, network, and if that is the case, I will be very sorry. Can you hear me, Chair? Yes. You can proceed. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you very much. Chair and honorable members and my colleagues, Maybe some of the issues that I wanted to raise then have already been covered because I was uh, cut off uh, at a particular time. Salka is making this presentation, Honorable Chair and the Honorable Members, because we are reporting according to our roles and responsibilities and what is guiding us. And Chair, it might happen that we're not going to get all what we want as per the questions that I'm hearing, because we can get those from other platforms. Honorable Chair, there was a very good session of SALGA and um, NCOP in their local government week 2017. And the majority of these cases were addressed there, and we had a very good session where we almost agree on everything that we're raising with NCOP. And how I wish we can use that as a foundation moving forward. But Chair, you can rely on the report that is presented by Salka. But the only limitation is that Salka is an association. 
and an association is having limitations. But we, I think, this structure, elect Fletcher in Parliament, can use this report to do its powers, executive powers, to call on the mayors of these municipalities that we are reflecting. If we are saying, Chair, these municipalities, X number of employees have not declared. It is upon this particular structure to call those mayors because Salga can call and just advise as an association because they are our members. But we can't do anything beyond that in terms of the accountability. So I was going to suggest that if the committee can use this information to further call on the mayors and the leadership of municipalities to account, it will be a very good thing also to assist us as Salka because we are are raising these particular issues, which is a correct reflection of what is happening on the ground in terms of us assisting municipalities. Thank you very much. Let me not respond because I should say, President, we are mindful of what we are doing. And I should think all our questions are based on what you presented to us. I didn't recall anyone getting off the tangent saying these things that are not in your documents. But I don't want to dwell much with what the previous speaker has said, honestly. CEO, can you respond to our questions? Maybe you'll assist us yourself. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. With your permission, I would uh, ask uh, uh, my colleagues at Salga on the infrastructure-related question. Uh, Salga official Mtobeli will respond. And then on the labor relations uh, capacity support, Salga official Rio Noluchung will respond. And then on the support to MPEX, uh, Lance will respond. I will then deal with specific issues you have raised on what we can do on 106, as well as the fiscal response of Salga at the end as a sweeping response. Thanks. Mtobele, please proceed. Thank you. Um, honorable members, honorable chair, honorable members, leadership of Salga in place. Uh, I'm going to just to take two questions that were raised. The first one um, is in relation to what are we doing to assist in relation to spatial transformation? That was a question that was raised. Uh, there are three interventions in our plan that respond to this. The first intervention is assisting municipalities in the implementation of SPLUMA. Because SPLUMA is a mechanism to which municipalities can effect spatial transformation. Uh, they were identified a number of municipalities that would be providing hands-on support to uh, and advising them to implement various aspects of SPLUMA, especially those that did not comply with the requirements of implement- implementation of the act and were given an extension by the department. We'll be doing this working together with the Department uh, of Land Affairs and, 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 and Development and Rural Development. The, the second uh, area which we are, we, we, are, we are implementing in relation to that is the 
is working with the Department of Human Settlements, where we've identified uh, priority areas of, of, of human settlement de development. Now we're going to be working with the department and identified municipalities to make sure that the location of those priority areas of, of, of development are such that they facilitate uh, spatial transformation as they are being developed. It's the second intervention in our plans. The third intervention in our plans, which has been highlighted in the presentation, then is to, is to measure the extent of that spatial transformation through the spatial parameter uh, uh, process, so that through that measurement, we can keep highlighting to municipalities areas where we still have weaknesses in terms of facilitating spatial, develop, uh, spatial transformation. So that is the set of interventions that we have in, in, in our current plan. The second question I want to respond to is a question that was uh, asked by uh, about rural municipalities and the backlogs in, 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 in respect of uh, uh, access to infrastructure. Um, I think that the, 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 that's a bigger, there's a bigger issue there, which uh, uh, Deputy President Gangeluze has, has, has responded to about, about, about those, those rural areas. However, in the plan that we have presented, we have talked about uh, contributing towards developing a, a, a rural development strategy for the country. One of the things that we picked up is, Salga, is that in fact South Africa doesn't have that. And we have been working uh, with the Department of Rural Development and, and, and Land Reform to, to, to address that the process is already underway, uh, led by the department, to actually develop this. And we have made submissions and we are continuously working with the department in, in, in refining thinking about rural development. Among the issues that we are raising is that previously we've always seen government talking about rural development in relation to agricultural development. We have raised issues of in rural areas, we need to be talking about institutional arrangements for managing and facilitating rural development, empowering uh, existing institutions, talking about the role of municipalities and what they should be doing in relation to rural development financing the, the, the rural development. Uh, I think uh, uh, Deputy President Eliza talked about the, the, the access to finance that is needed in order to facilitate development there. That, that strategy must talk to that. Governance issues in relation to rural development, the role of traditional leadership vis-a-vis -vis municipalities and the implementation of coordinated planning in rural areas becomes another issue. The issue of service delivery in, in rural areas, what should be the priority services and why in, in developed in, 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 in various areas, roads and so on in relation to service delivery. So those are the interventions that I thought I should talk to in, in a bit of detail, which are talking to the questions of uh, service delivery in rural areas and as well as partial transformation uh, and access to infrastructure in that context. Thank you very much, CEO. Thank you very much, Mto. Can you proceed, Rio? Can you proceed, Lance, if uh, Rio is still um, technically uh, glitchy? I am, I am trying to speak, uh, uh, Portfolio Chair. I'm, I'm checking, am I audible? You were not. You've just come in now. Oh, okay. Sorry for the technical glitch. <laughs> uh, I'd like to apologize, Chairperson. Uh, I'm using a cell phone because I ran out of battery on my laptop. So I'm trying to improvise, but thanks for the opportunity. 
And once more, greetings to the portfolio committee members, the NEC, as well as uh, members of senior management. Uh, I believe there are three main questions that have arisen. I just hope at the time I lost connectivity, I didn't lose uh, another question. And I would like to answer them in the order of firstly, Rio. what are we doing? Rio? Yes, uh, 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 portfolio secretary. Can you just hold it on there so that I plead with uh, Deputy President Nangeliza to mute his microphone before we hear any other thing? Okay. I think he has complied. You can proceed. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. I would like to begin by offering a perspective uh, on the question whose trust is, what are we doing to enhance labor relations? Uh, 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 in municipalities, we are adopting a portfolio chairperson and members of the committee a multi pronged approach to our support, uh, 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 which is aligned to government's uh, capacity building framework. Uh, on the one hand, it's also aligned to strategies that we have determined. Uh, at a SALGA level approved by the National Executive Committee and mandated for by municipalities. Uh, in respect of the collective bargaining strategy, we, we have a long history of uh, relative stability uh, portfolio chairperson in respect of matters that are on the table of centralized collective bargaining. Those matters that relate to municipalities as employers, as well as the two admitted unions, and we play a role as the employer party in those matters. Uh, as you would have noted in previous report, we have a history uh, of successive multi-agreements, which have contributed uh, to relative stability, but have not served uh, to replicate the same level of stability uh, in some parts of municipalities where the perennial labor relations problems and instability. And a major trust of that approach uh, is to manage the relationship uh, with the trade unions uh, in such a way that it is aligned to what the Department of Labor has established through secondary regulation in the form of good faith collective bargaining. I am very aware uh, uh, a chairperson that you read in the media sometimes a lot of tech, talk and banter about uh, what we say in collective bargaining as Salga representing municipalities but behind uh, uh, those statements are made in the media we have a fairly stable relationship with the two, un two unions in municipalities within the existing collective bargaining structures. We have also learned a lesson out of that approach, uh, uh, more primarily through the uh, advent of uh, COVID-19. And that even though multi-year collective agreements make a contribution to labor peace and stability, and in their conventional structuring, they do provide challenges to municipalities when we are confronted with extraordinary circumstances like the pandemic, where it's often difficult to get out of those agreements and be able to negotiate them downwards or moderately in line with inflation. So those are some of the lessons that we have uh, learned. And you see 
in the collective bargaining strategies that is espoused in our uh, current APP. We are looking at flexible mechanisms that will allow us to still support the municipalities even in difficult circumstances like we find ourselves now, where over 160 municipalities are in financial distress, with 111 even in more financial distress uh, occasioned by their inability in some instances to meet their statutory obligations such as paying salaries, paying over statutory deductions, uh, including to third parties like pension funds. So we are working very closely to, with the unions to support those municipalities that are having those problems on the ground and develop specific support plans for them uh, that relate to ensuring that the labor relations environment is improved, including offering two sets of uh, capacity building interventions one focused on those representatives that are at a local level appointed by specific councils to represent the interests of the municipalities at a locally based level of employee relationship and also uh, assisting in drawing the, the unions closer to a particular approach of collective bargaining and employee uh, relations which advocates for interest-based relationship management and collective bargaining. By interest-based, we mean Jefferson, that even though labor might want uh, increases in the manner that they so demand on many conditions of service and benefit, there ought to be a realization on the part of unions that we cannot offer those benefits as they so demand in an environment uh, of financial constraints for municipality. And as a sector that is uh, known for a lot of jobs security and stability, the unions will go a long way in offering means of reciprocation that can contribute to financial recovery. There is an ILO standard that we have all subscribed to as the union to an, a, an accord where we are calling upon unions on a day-to-day -day basis to give back to municipalities a lot uh, of uh, commitments and contribution that can go a long way to improving stability, improving service delivery, and even improving financial recovery. We have, had, we have not as yet made headway in terms of impacting on those approaches, but some of the ideas we have put on the table is that the whole system of employees must be, must be uh, subjected to performance management protocols where, where municipalities have uh, uh, bad audit outcomes. Uh, municipalities in those municipalities must feel the pain in not taking up uh, performance increases in the form of niches so that they better contribute in shaping that environment and, 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 and transforming it uh, to levels where those performance are improving. Because if the system still incentivizes employees and pay them every level of benefit that they have historically, historically been entitled to, it is not going to help uh, in, in efforts by Salga to extract accountability, improve performance, as well as consequences management. Uh, we are also, uh, Madam Chairperson, trying to bring closer the unions to the environment of promoting that municipalities adopt service standards. By service standards, we mean levels of standards around performance inside and outside of the municipality. When we say outside, we mean 
in as far as service delivery and citizen services, those standards must anchor every part of every employee's job. They must be uh, provided for in the ITPs of the municipalities. They must be translated in performance agreements of every employee, and they must be aligned uh, to the white paper objectives of ensuring that we put we, we render citizen-centric uh, uh, services and that we are held accountable when there's a, a, a wrongdoing on our part and when there's inadequacy in the provision of the services. Some of the interventions are working in the short term at Jefferson. Some of them clearly are taking a longer time to do. We have also invested highly as Salga in exposing municipalities from a peer learning and benchmarking point of view to other lessons in the world that relate to labor relations where unions are increasingly part of improving governance, improving efforts at fighting corruption, as well as improving productivity. But there's also a, a, a range of interventions that we also do at a local level, being Salga alone, that are meant to support, to support those municipalities, especially those that are often a, a, a challenge for us in terms of labor relations stability. The likes of Amatolic District Municipality, Swane, uh, in Gauteng, uh, and there are those that year in, year out, there's always a problem of labor relations. We've, we've established what we call a labor relations support uh, uh, model, which is meant at working together with the municipalities on the ground, helping them to build an effective relationship with their union partners and ensuring that they subscribe to some of the pledges and the accords that go with what we have signed with the unions. And there's a lot of other interventions uh, that are structured in the learning and development space that are intended to improve uh, capacity building. Of course, as you know, any labor relations or employee relations environment is also like governance, also like service delivery, also like finances, also like infrastructure, impacted upon by other factors, uh, some of which are locally based, some of which relate to the policy reform area, and some of which are also affected by such uh, developments as COVID and such developments as, uh, as, 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 an, as an economic downturn. As you would see, have seen in the past, uh, at the outset of COVID uh, uh, last year in March, uh, the unions were increasingly clamoring to be paid what is called the danger allowance, uh, purely because they were at the front line of work as designated essential services employees uh, uh, in support of uh, business continuity in terms of service delivery. And we played a role at Salga in being, in being an advocate of governance, uh, in, in being an advocate of guidance, supervision, as well as advice to municipalities to an extent that uh, when that problem started at the outset of COVID, we thought by now it would have become so big such that municipalities would have in numbers compromised and agreed to the payment of such a danger. And we've helped in many ways in mitigating that risk uh, in most of the municipalities. So much so when we undertook a survey of which municipalities have paid such a danger allowance, uh, we have found that there's no municipalities that have done so, except those that have paid an allowance uh, purely on the basis that their policies historically contain provisions where remuneration or allowances for, for danger pay was already accounted for 
uh, in the in the in the job functions of those roles. Uh, typical examples of those uh, chairperson would be those nurses that work in those clinics uh, that are running in, in in mostly category A municipalities, where issues of danger are already accounted for in their job profiles. The second question, if I may move uh, 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 to the next one, Chairperson talks to about what have we learned out of the recruitment process in general and in particular senior managers. Uh, we've learned a lot of things. Uh, and one of the, uh, the things that there's a relationship, albeit that municipal managers are employed on fixed term five-year contracts. There's a role that can be played uh, in managing transition from one term of a municipal manager to another. And we need to be supporting a municipality during the period of transition and not wait till that vacancy uh, uh, is, is, uh, is certified with the departure of that MM. And some of the value-add instruments that we have cultivated and put on the table, some of which are provided for in this APP, include developing those uh, transition management plans, that makes sure municipalities manage the change from one senior manager to another, shorten the period of time as much as possible from the vacancy uh, coming to the fore and the filling of the position uh, sooner than would be the case historically and what we've seen from previous experience, uh, impacting by way of value-add service in developing recruitment plans that will identify with positions would become vacant in the foreseeable future and helping a municipality start the process already of seeking to plan for the filling of those vacancies. And when those vacancies are filled and applications uh, are received, we also again get into a layer of support for those municipalities by providing integrity assessment, qualification verification, competency assessment services, uh, so that the municipalities do not have to worry with the limited resources they have in their disposal with going to the market out there and pay for those services. We have created a managed service that municipalities can tap into from Salga without having to worry about the pattern of having to pay for those uh, uh, services and, and insulating those municipalities in the process from having to invest in supply chain management processes that would give rise to those uh, services being enlisted. And we help the municipality all the way up until a municipality would finalize that uh, appointment, report the compliance of that uh, appointment uh, to the MEC consent, and we are adding into the layer of the value-add services some component of uh, 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 personal development that would apply to those municipalities who, when appointed, they have been identified shortcomings in their management ability, and we look for those areas that have been identified as uh, shortcomings, and we put that senior manager on a performance development program so that we are able to attend to those uh, uh, deficits of competency and skills uh, uh, within a shorter period after the MM uh, has been appointed so that within a period of about a year, or at least to 14 months, if not 18 months at the latest, such an MM is fully settled in their job. We still, however, as Councillor Stofile has so articulated, still battling with, a, with an element of the recruitment value chain where the appointment decision of the most appropriate candidate is taken away from our hands 
as we support the municipalities in that journey. So it's something that we are also uh, attending to uh, in, 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 in different ways than we have before, as has been set out by the leadership of Saraga, that there is a greater engagement that has been identified between NEC as well as those municipality uh, political leaders, as the CEO had said earlier on, there are challenges with how the Troika uh, is working, and those challenges often spill over into mm. recruitment decision-making processes. I think you've adequately responded to the question. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Chairperson. Can we move? I would ask Lance. I, 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 I take your directive, Chairperson. Yeah. I would ask Lance to respond. Well, thank you very much, CEO. Uh, and if I could uh, start by extending greetings to the chairperson and uh, members of the of the portfolio committee, um, as well as the leadership of Salga and, and the colleagues from Cocta and and Salga, respectively. But perhaps the starting point uh, following that, uh, honourable chairperson, is that there's there's a request particularly from uh, honorable kalipi that um, information should be provided uh, we will indeed where that information is in our control will uh, provide that information to to the committee as we have done in the past uh, similarly for honorable pumza uh, there's information that will clarify uh, uh, parts of the slides that he has reflected to, on uh, and we will provide that um, information. Uh, Chairperson, there were there were some questions asked by yourself, Honorable Chair, and and the first one is: whilst I know that the the CFO of Salka is on the platform, um, as at the end of February uh, this year, you asked the question about the status of levy payments. As at the end of February, we were sitting at eighty two percent levy payments for the current year and sitting at 69% if one uh, looks at the overall uh, levy payments that spans across a number of financial years. Uh, so indeed, it's an area that uh, remains of a concern to the organization, particularly where we plan to execute a plan that we have similar to what we have just presented to you. And uh, we have the risk that we are likely not to um, uh, collect the monies that would enable us to execute that particular plan. However, I must say, uh, Honorable Chairperson, that the NEC of Salga, uh, as recent as its last meeting some two weeks ago, um, also applied its mind on the on the mat and, and, and correctly so looked from within the leadership of Salga and asked the question, uh, across the national leadership of Salga, across the provincial leadership of Salga, uh, are these leaders' municipalities in good standing? Um, so that we can start there, uh, that uh, those that are in leadership roles in the organization indeed lead from the front by ensuring that on an annual basis, their, their municipality service, uh, their, their levies to the organization. So, so, so that's where uh, that's where we are, uh, honourable chairperson. There are two other matters that you have raised, uh, chairperson, that I wanted to link. Um, the, the first one relates to the review of the Organised Local Government Act, uh, as well as uh, what you are requesting on progress made 
on uh, the possibly looking at revisiting section 106 of the Systems Act as well as section 71. Um, um, so, so in, in that regard, uh, there is work that is being done. Uh, we have at least agreed at a technical level between ourselves and COCTA to establish a committee that would look at the review of legislation. You will recall, Honorable Chairperson and members, that we have come to this committee before and uh, cried about uh, what we feel is uh, not a holistic look into or review of legislation taking into account the 20 years of experience of local government uh, and uh, that particular technical team uh, will look at uh, all of those areas and uh, indeed there are already proposals on the table as it relates to the revision of the Olga um, itself. Um, on the impacts, uh, Chair, I think it was uh, uh, grazed enough by members of the NEC, so I will not venture into that space and I will, I will call it uh, the end of my contribution. Thank you very much. Thank you. Back to you, see you. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. I will cover areas that um, have not been touched and, and maybe building from the theme of, of the, the Can presentation. Can you see you? Can you Am I visible, Chair? Sure. Proceed. Thank you very much. Uh, maybe building from the theme of the, the presentation, uh, Chairperson by Salga, that over the last uh, uh, period of time, there's many reasons to celebrate. There is also many reasons to be concerned about. In December last year, the National Executive Committee of Salga convened an NMA, National Members Assembly. And, and one of the key outcomes of that NMA was that based on the 20-year review of how local government has unfolded since year 2000, December 5, is that indeed we have prosecuted an imperfect transition. There are many commitments that have been made. There are many visionary commitments that were expected of local government. Some have been achieved. Many others have not been achieved. But what it has thrown to the sphere is that uh, there is a number of challenges that needs to be tackled. And those challenges, as we go forward, impose an obligation that certain areas needs to be looked at from a change point of view. What is it that needs to be changed in local government? What are the things that needs to be maintained or even bolstered on? So that dialectical outcome has given us certain areas where, for instance, on the areas of accountability, we can reflect to the committee as we have done that 60% of our municipalities are reported by Auditor General as having taken action on areas of lack of consequences. But 60% is a celebration too low from a base. The expectation is that 100% of municipalities must take action whenever there's incidences of maladministration, fraud, corruption, and so on. But we also rely, Chairperson, given our limitation is Salga, that at least with a combined assurance model that looks at risk, that looks at enforcement measures, 
from our side as Salga in terms of raising the awareness of members, pointing out that which is wrong, but also working closely with COCTA, Treasury, and maybe with the support of parliament and legislatures, we can extract accountability where it matters most. So this 60%, we would like to see more. And that's why we are saying in our APP, we're going to do more in driving aggressively this area of uh, accountability. On the area of investigations done by SIU and uh, NPA and, and other components of our law enforcement agencies, maybe Chairperson, it may be a, a good approach maybe for the committee to receive in an ongoing way the updates of how far these matters are. What we have done in our APP was to reflect the extent to which they have shared with us at a certain time where they are and what is being done by those investigations, including the quantum of figures and cases that are there. But to the extent that it is possible that we can do a combined risk assurance, as we say, we have met with Treasury last year, immediately after AG released the report. And one of the things we have raised after the NEC of Salga mandated us as an administration is to raise what we're calling as extracting accountability. And we said to Treasury, when we have a spectra of municipalities that are reported to have committed all these instances, be it irregular expenditure, be it fruitless and wasteful expenditure, shouldn't we be more uh, thorough in holding them accountable? Because you are holding the levers of transfer as Treasury. Section 91 of the Division of Revenue Act the provision of the MFMA, Section 38, all of those impose an obligation on you that you can't transfer funds to an institution that is evidently unable to account for. So should you not be using those levers as treasure to say, yes, we will transfer equitable share. Yes, we will transfer the national grants. But in the absence of you being reported to have taken A, B, C, and D on the previous financial year, we are unable to transfer we think that it will trigger quite a number of, of actions that will have an impact right across the system. And we have communicated to them and they said to us they will consider amongst others those areas. It's the same reliance Chairperson was saying on the area of uh, instances where their officials reported to have committed one way or another in the form of transgression as reported by AG, we think a combined effort by all of us would, um, would assist us to make sure that areas of malfeasance are not tolerated at all. The other point that was raised was on the finance and fiscal issues. Our work as reported uh, by Salga, I think Deputy President Angelizo has reinforced our consistent issue on the fiscal side, the supply side of the resources to municipalities remains a major challenge. And it is a policy area that we think it requires quite substantial response. And we have undertaken research at Salga that was uh, produced uh, in 2020 in August, working with uh, PARI, the Public Affairs Research Institute, that actually underpinned our sustained argument that local government is chronically underfunded. The gaps that were outlined in the white paper on local government remain a pipe dream at least at the level of expectation of revenue. And there are specific proposals that were shared and raised and we engage with FFC. We think on the supply side of the fiscus, there are certain policy responses that are required 
and those needs to be attended to if local government has to improve. There are three levels of gaps on the fiscal side that we feel as Salga needs to be attended to. The first one is the effort gap. What is the effort gap? It is the gap within which local government is expected to exercise its own powers in terms of the Financial Powers and Borrowing Act to collect revenue. All that is due and collectible must be collected. And many of our municipalities are found wanting on the effort gap. The second gap is the transfer gap, which we've already alluded to in terms of the IGR fiscal transfer, uh, 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 in terms of the national transfers. We think that there's a huge gap there and local government needs to be assisted to fill that gap. The third gap is the efficiency gap, meaning the ability to, for municipalities to demonstrate the quality of expenditure. And so far, many of our municipalities are found wanting on the efficiency gap because every allocation we have, be it internally collected, be it transferred in the IGR transfers, many municipalities, AG, picks up that we are systematically failing on these areas. And part of our work is to make sure that uh, through benchmarking, we can expose this with the intention to support municipalities, but where there is wrongdoing, I think a combined risk effort uh, has got to help us on that particular uh, area. The other area, Chairperson, was the area of uh, uh, Salga in terms of uh, the risk areas that we have pointed out that municipalities, there's quite a number of triggers that continue to show municipalities that uh, they are facing uh, challenges. Indeed, Chairperson, we think on the continuity and change Many of our municipalities, when we have the kind of regulatory framework that exists at the moment, where the cycle of budgeting, for instance, it comes through council, it gets passed, and it has to be passed before 30th May. So at 1 July, it comes. And then thereafter, it must go to provincial treasure. From there, it must go to national treasure. So it means the loop runs through from council to province to national. Section 106, COCTA received the report. Section 107, Treasury received the reports. So the question is, how is it possible that all these budgets go through 257 municipalities in the country and nobody stops this and say, how is it possible that you are consistently passing an unfunded budget? Year in, year out. You have a draft budget, it gets adjusted, it's unfunded, it's unfunded. And within ourselves as the IGR machinery in terms of section 40 of the constitution, we don't pick up this or at least if we do pick up, intervene in such a way that it doesn't leave us. So this is just a sample of municipalities that show a continuous spectra of budgets that are unfunded, that continue to pass. So when you have these unfunded budgets, the chronic effect is that the kind of the, the albatross we have mentioned, inability to pay ESCOM, inability to pay water boards. On the one hand, inability of citizens to pay us. So it becomes a vicious cycle that is holding municipalities down the line. So within the system, we think that there must be a change in the MFMA. There must be a change in the regime of approval. Otherwise, if we don't do this, the volume is going to grow Chairperson, where municipalities are continuously adopting unfunded budgets. And then it only gets reported later on in Section 71 that after a certain period, 
so many municipalities. Uh, if you look at the last three financial years, 2017, 2018, 2019, the number is ballooning. And the question can be fairly asked, how is it possible that we only pick it after the fact when the regime of MSA, when the regime of MFAA imposes obligations for other departments to manage this? So there has to be maybe a change in the regulation such that maybe preemptory within a quarter before the budget is submitted, there must be certain measures that imposes a pre-assessment through benchmarking when the budget cycle starts in February before it gets to a certain level. Otherwise, this picture will continue uh, as it is, Chairperson. There was another question asked on the area of what can be done to improve expenditure in areas where there's a backlog of 1.5 million South Africans and so on. And the grant performance is also giving us difficulty, Chairperson, in the sense that the degree of flexibility in the, in the grants performance can be one area that we can improve as a sphere right across. And one of the instruments that we think could be within the regime of regulations says that you can't chair we are missing the CEO then we request him to come back to us please CEO but you are in can can you hear me now, Chair? You need to go back. We missed the last part of your statement. You disappeared. Uh, am, am I uh, audible now, Chair, or I'm still not audible? You are now audible. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. So, 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 so our assessment as Salga is that in the built environment, they, they transfer grants. The conditional one in terms of the division of revenue section 6b, schedule 6b, and schedule 5b grant system. So the consolidation of the grant so that they can create a degree of flexibility in municipalities. Because so far, the last 20 years has given us at least a fair share of experience and empirical evidence that should enable us to achieve faster levels of implementation. So at a municipality in a cycle of 12 months can shift the grants and be used and be allowed rather to say if the grants is underperforming at 11% and there's a greater need in the IDP that allows the municipal to spend this, can the regime of rules allows that degree of flexibility with the necessary checks and balances without suspending them. But at the same time, Chairperson, also look at the areas of expenditure where a municipality can also look at consolidation of some of these grants in such a way that uh, expenditure can be expedited on the basis of ensuring that within the cycle of expenditure you have in a given 12-month cycle of a provincial department of human settlements or COCTA, in a given cycle of 12 months of a national department, at what time does the transfer envelope reaches the municipality? A municipality's cycle starts, starts in, in July. So if it reaches a municipality in December, 
is going to impact negatively on the ability to spend that grant. And our concern is that there has to be two measures, consolidation of the grants in the built environment space, allowing the degree of flexibility on the grant expenditure conditions, tightening the expenditure loop. At the same time, the transferers transferring the grants within the start of their own financial year, which is April. We think that it will help us to improve quite significantly the cycle of expenditure that many of our municipalities are unable to spend, but also cure the limitations of capacity, which we think DTM will go a long way to make sure that there can be capacity at a district level to help oversee right across uh, the board. Thanks very much, uh, Chairperson. Thank you. I don't see any end in the form of follow-ups. I can't see any. Is there any colleague who wants to make a follow-up? Upegi. Hatebi. No, I'm covered, Chair. Honorable Mkalip is just being herself. <laughs> it's 2255. I, yeah, I, I have okay. one follow up there. Okay. Proceed. Uh, to the CEO. I, <laughs> I thought, Chairperson, uh, I was not going to make this follow up, but Chair, I think uh, on. Um, Responses from uh, Mr. Noljungu. Uh, we were listening to him articulating the role of SALGA in terms of labor-related matters. However, Chair, we would like to get maybe a, a written report because the COO of SALGA was always with us here. Uh, will attest to our frustration when we deal with municipalities, with those challenges of labor uh, issues. So the way he was articulating the role of SALGA, so it means that they are aware of all challenges in all municipalities. So therefore, with a one specific municipality that is giving us headache here, which is Amatole district, I'm sure uh, he is aware about the challenges there. So I'm saying my point, Chairperson, if you can also send us a, a, a written report on how is the intervention of SALGA, because when we met with the district and the MEC, uh, there is no solution in that regard of people who are faced uh, with retrenchment in a particular municipality. So therefore, if you can also uh, share with us in this committee, how is um, SALGA is going to assist in that regard? And also, Chairperson, because one of the municipalities from uh, KZN uh, was also trying to come with solutions instead of retrenching workers. So therefore, if Salka also can also prepare a form of a report to say that these are the challenges, these are the uh, solutions that we came with as, as per municipality, so we can also take those resolution or those um, recommendation from other municipalities to be a case study to other municipalities. That is my follow-up, Chair. Thanks. I wanted to be sure if there's any other follow-up. 
before I allow you see you to respond. None. Over to you, see you. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. I would ask, um, uh, I, mean, I mean, I mean, not ask to assure the committee that on those areas, honourable members have requested written information. We will provide that uh, on the area of labour relations at a time that you will determine um, in terms of deadline you would expect us, and 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 then maybe the president would respond. Thanks, Chair. Thank you. From my part, there was a question that I raised, and then I want to also make a follow-up on this way to say, you seem to be pro this issue of treasury to withhold the transfer of funds, and you know the consequence of the treasury withholding the funds. It means then municipalities can't deliver services. And then what then? Normally what will happen, it will community protests. To me, if you are to propose that as a way of a remedial election, I don't think that will be forward thinking. You remember I asked a question. How do you hold your fellow members accountable for these uh, wrongdoings that you see in municipalities? Is there a way that you talk to them as your counterparts, being your members? Because I haven't had a very strong voice coming from Soka, trying to, to then condemn what is happening in municipalities in the sense that we know they are their own entities, but they are members as organized local government. Hence, they are paying a, a, a subscription fee Hence, I asked, don't you think it's high time you also have to put a code of conduct as to who should belong to the association? The only response that I had was from Lance was that um, we have then those who are, it was only with regard to non-payment of fees. To say you're even checking amongst those who are office bearers or uh, executive committee members. And I believe that also happened to those who are leading in provinces. But the issue is around good governance. You see the status in municipalities. You have been with us, Lance, and uh, Councillor Stofile when we were interacting with these municipalities. Are you happy with the status quo? Because on this report that you're giving us, you keep on saying we try to assist them on this way and the problem. But there are those that are delicate, if I'm to say that, who continue to do wrong things. Clear cases of this have indicated earlier that there's complete disregard of the laws and regulations. At the same time, these are the people that went through your induction courses. These are the people who attend, like somebody told me there's been 100% attendance of these courses. But yet still the output is something completely different. In your own views, what do you think also needs to be done? Then after we get these responses, we're going to close this meeting for tonight. Who's responding to that one? Yeah, I can attempt. 
President. Oh, President. And uh, also, Councillor Staffile will attempt to respond to it as well. I see also Councillor Ngangese is in this episode. That or that president. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, Chair, and to our uh, uh, honorable members. Chair, we have made one example. Maybe I didn't emphasize it strong enough. For example, at the outcome of the previous audit findings, they see the NEC taking a decision that all municipalities who the AG has mentioned with regard to improper awarding of tenders to officials, that they be held accountable. Letters were written on the instruction of the NEC. But even before that, we had a rotation NEC to all provinces. It usually sits for two and a half days. On the first day, the NEC engages with municipalities and Lance could bring those letters and questions that are sent to those municipalities. And in, inst- in these instances, we pick up municipalities which are having various difficulties. It could be unfunded budgets, it could be Section 139s, it could be outcomes of the Auditor General, and they come and present to the NEC, and NEC becomes very, very firm on issues and expectations that we have. We're actually having a National Members' Assembly next month, 13 to 15, if I'm not wrong, from the top of my head of May, where we're actually even preparing some of the issues which tries to deal with consequence management with regard to ourselves as members of the NEC, but also as members and the, and the ratification or additions of such measures in our own Salga constitution. And that has already been approved by the NEC. I may not, Chairperson, be able to be saying it is sufficient or it doesn't look for us to expand on measures to assist municipalities, but also to be held accountable. But I did indicate, and Lance can also provide to the committee later on, a consequence management framework, which we have developed and are championing as Salga to ensure that consequences are properly defined, action and municipalities are held accountable. And these are measures, Chair. I do take a view, for example, of what the NEC had suggested, that even in our mass suggestion or support programs, you may want to invite SICA, the body of chartered accountants, place them in some few municipalities and they volunteer their services to assist in partnership with what we are doing to assist them to be able to be better in how they manage their finances. It's just but one example. But it is attached with a proper and a clear framework which says, if we do believe now that capacity has been enhanced, yet there are challenges which we still continue to see 
then the framework must take, the implementation of the framework by council must take its own form. But you must also not forget the inputs and the views we are making with regard to the proper separation of the political oversight and roles and responsibilities that resides with council, which promotes conflict of interest. And I must admit, Chair, it has taken a bold move for Saga to make such pronouncement because some of the problems that we are having is a player in a reverie at the same time, which makes it difficult for consequences to be made or to be maintained at our councils. Some of the uh, areas of our uh, legislation needs to be corrected or improved. The first issue, Chair, uh, which you have also raised, I think other members may add, of course, into this, but I was just giving examples of what we, we, we have done. Uh, and it expands not only to councils, but it also goes straight into members of the NEC. The, 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 the issue with regards to the code of conduct, I, I think we may want to look beyond the framework and say maybe there are areas in which we may ourselves would want to look into and possibly improve on them. I've touched on them when I tried to respond on the first part that you, Chair, actually are saying we need to look into some peer review mechanism amongst ourselves led by Saga, which is binding on how we need to improve on services that we give to our people, holding one another accountable and be able to say we do not, what is a type of an ideal member who is supposed to be a member whose subscription is up to date and is accepted to participate? And what is it that means you are bringing the association into disrepute and your membership will not be accepted? I will leave the areas, for example, of the last NEC decision. I'm sure other colleagues can add into, into them with regard into the scheduling of SALGA, which is what we have put into uh, the table as well, because it responds directly to, on what becomes your ability on biting a hand that feeds you. The situation as it stands now, the financial sustainability of municipalities depends on, on municipalities themselves contributing and paying their levies to make SAGA sustainable. But we are saying, and Treasury has said it in writing, that the, the listing was, excess, was an exercise that actually wasn't necessary. And to this member's assembly, we're taking a delisting resolution and request to our members to begin to do that process so that we are able through our partners as they were presented in some of the slides that we could be able to source funds directly and then we could be able to improve and without fear be able to hold our members um, accountable. The unfunded budgets, Chair, which is the first part uh, of your follow-up, which we have also not been happy that if we say the budget needs to be cut or funds withheld uh, to municipalities, service delivery is affected. 
there is a thorough and a rigorous process. Maybe Lance can also articulate into it that we undertake ourselves, COCTA and National Treasury and Municipality A in making sure that we hold them by the hand to draft, design, funded budgets and implement them. Because if they are unfunded, it means they're making promises, by the way, to our communities where they will not even be able to deliver. The second step before even the cut will happen, irregardless of that, municipalities will move ahead and do or adopt unfunded budgets. The team will engage again, and there will be letters which gives a due date to those municipalities to go through their provincial treasuries or national treasuries, do a rectification, correct and, and, and sort of cut in some areas. For example, you'll be told your budget is over with 10 million or 50 million. And then you will be instructed, given a month, for example, in most instances, to rectify before the funds are withheld. So it's not a haphazard uh, process chair where we irresponsibly say, lock the door, no one uh, uh, who is not cooperating with such uh, an instruction will receive. But let's also look at a balance on approving a budget which is not funded and you are unable to deliver the services you have promised versus not receiving the funds. There is some way in which I think we may have to think properly, but it is a guided and a process that is matured to be able to hold the municipality by hand. From there, there is a revenue structure approved by National Treasury with its programs to assist municipalities to begin to improve their books. Of course, they can come and tell you, which is a challenge, I wouldn't hide it, that in some instances, municipalities draw, draw up those financial plans together with national treasury, but don't stick to them. So it's another problem which is created. I think, Chair, let me stop the other members may add if uh, there are areas I didn't articulate enough. Thank you. I'm checking those hands again. It was a uh, Councillor Stofile was going to be followed by Councillor Langelis. In that order. Uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank, thank you very much, Chair. I think the, the president have covered um, uh, a broad basic um, um, issues uh, that affects the association. Hey, have you disappeared too? We can't see you. I'm trying to open this thing, Chair. You, you, uh, you're in? Yeah, you're here. I'm in now. Proceed. Mm. I'm saying the president have led us to lay the foundation of what, are we, what we stand for as an association. Um, you, you, the chair and the committee must take the effort uh, Salga has been engaged to over uh, the period under review. Um, attempting to part of sharing experiences, knowledge, and learning from each other, and instilling uh, the, the the correct um, 
value system of the um, uh, association to member municipalities. Uh, Salga, over a period of time, have convened um, uh, mayor's forum, speaker's forum, and in this forum is to exchange views and learn from each other and, 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 and have a common policy view on matters that affect uh, the sector, but also speak uh, hard on each other about uh, how do we then move forward uh, as an association uh, in dealing with matters that um, it affects the, the set. I think that that's one contribution and, and, and the comp- contribution that the president have even gone into detail about to a point having all these sessions of engagement, learning from each other, empowering one another, and, and, and trying to, to share best practice so that tomorrow when we go out there in our small businesses or municipalities, we also learn and understand uh, what it was said at the Salga Mayor's Forum and the Speaker's Forum in terms of the conduct. And then writing letters. And of course, the issue pertaining to the credibility to the sector in the recent debate and discussions in the NEC uh, in terms of the conduct of individuals uh, so that they must not portray a bad picture uh, about the association. These are the huge steps, uh, Chair, that uh, they must be appreciated uh, in, 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 the, in the sector because uh, our thought process is more about the sector had to redeem itself and the credibility had to be restored to the sector so that we all understand what uh, we expected to do uh, as a sector going forward. Earlier on, I said, Chen, um, all these things, because we are operating in the cooperative environment, um, we can only succeed, all of us as South Africa, South Africans, if we stand together, cooperatively focusing on the challenge that we are facing. So for us to move from the current moment and the effort made by Salga, it requires other role players. And that is why earlier on we said we appreciate the role and contribution made by this committee of cooperative governance and traditional affairs insofar as uh, supporting Salga's efforts of bringing a culture that is accepted in the sector and thereby in society. Uh, that hold individuals accountable, individuals, municipalities accountable about their action, which your action is a uh, add more on what Salka has been engaged on over a period of time. And the element that is lacking in this, as I, as I said, I might sound as a broken record uh, on it, is that <clears throat> you can do this much. And... Uh, Ultimately, when Stofile walk out of this meeting, accounts elsewhere. And what is elsewhere doing in bringing that credible behavior of a Stofile in an office where he's given to run, which is his home, where he comes from? So it, that is why, to me, uh, dealing with the, with, the, with the elephant in the room, it requires a multiplicity of role players, Salka, COCTA, COCTA portfolio, I mean, portfolio Committee, the political parties that bring Stofile into council, 
all of us and say, the bus stop here and we can't go beyond this point. And uh, I, I think, Chair, if we can master that uh, and all of us, we are accept that all of our responsibilities to make sure that there are changes that are, are, are supposed to be made uh, in, in making sure that we create a, a credible uh, system that it will be accepted in the public. I think to me, there is a lecture that we need to improve on. Thank you very much. Thank you. Councillor Gangelizu. Over to you. Thank, no, thank you very much, Chair. Oh, I want to just, I should think uh, there's two speakers that have covered me. But Chair, I want to just to clarify uh, the question that we have asked um, the leadership of Salga. I should think, Chair, what did the CEO raised in terms of uh, the national treasure to assist um, the country to comply with the pieces of legislation. I should think, Chair, if you can go to uh, section 216 of the constitution, you've got uh, ABC, which is subsection A, subsection B and C of the um, section 216 of the constitution. Chair, we don't mean that uh, because uh, section uh, 216 of the constitution, it is also guiding the same sort of uh, uh, national treasure uh, because they were actually sort of uh, overreacting to a certain extent where they decide to stop um, the transfers of the conditional and unconditional grants. At a certain point, we took them to court to stop that. But if you read um, uh, section 1.6 of the constitution, at the beginning, you've got subsection A, subsection B, and C, of which what the CEO is trying to emphasize to the committee is to say, National Treasure, you are in that space. Um, they cannot actually sort of uh, reverse the um, decisions of parliament because the um, appropriation bill is approved by national parliament. So they have to consult the committee before they stop money. You are quite right, Chair. They should not stop the transfers. But what Salga is actually advising National Treasure to do is to use those uh, three subsections. At the beginning, um, they must actually, as they write their uh, circulars, at least they must actually advise municipalities to say, we are going to give you your money. This is our sort of uh, schedule in terms of giving you money. But before we give you this money, please prepare the following documents. Because by so doing, you are assisting the same um, uh, municipalities to comply with those issues that are raised in subsection A, subsection B, and C. So we are not actually encouraging that they must stop uh, transferring uh, the unconditional grants and conditional grants. Uh, uh, I understood you, maybe, uh, Chair, maybe that you are referring us to uh, the extremes of uh, stopping uh, transfers to 
municipalities. No, we are not saying that, but we are advising National Treasure to comply with those uh, subsection A, B, and C. I should think uh, some of the things are covered by my two colleagues. Thank you very much, Chair. Colleagues, I think we should end it here. Unless there's somebody who's got a contrary view, which I don't think so. I think what we need to also appreciate is, as I said earlier, the continued support that you always get from SALC. I had always said that if this is was happening with also the other entities reporting to this portfolio, will go a long way. But I should think those decisions that you said you've taken in the NEC, you need to carry them forward. and maybe start to look at another source of funding. If calling your members to order, then we'll make you then not to get the subscriptions for your sustainability. Maybe as when we revise this uh, organized local government uh, act, these are the things that we need to also look at and look at your funding model as well. then it can assist us a long way. There's the other issue that uh, CEO, COO and president, you have promised us the, the, all this review, what comes to the local government legislation, including the white paper that is now so many years old. We'd agree that it's time that we need to revise it. And the other legislative measures there were that you doesn't say in that place, in that beautiful place where we were there at the time when we started uh, this term. There was a promise on your side that you need to, you will assist us as a committee to start that legislative, the overall legislative review. It's a matter I thought that it's, I'm going to see it in the APP. It's not coming, but I should think you'll find a way to deal with it as we continue to engage. So we should end it here to say it, it's our interest, all of us, to make sure that uh, this APP is implemented to its entirety. As and when we'll be considering a the annual report, I should believe some of you will still be with us in October when we deal with these matters. That's where we're going to also hold you accountable. So let's end it here, colleagues. Want to thank you for the time. Then we're going to meet soon again. The meeting gets urgent. Thank you so much, President and the team. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair.
We are covered. Who's covered? Honorable Teresa, thank you very much. In the forest. Yeah. <laughs>